is the first Sunday of October 2021. We're officially in the spooky season and it's time now for CSP, which stands for Carnage Spooky Poltergeist uh, for the next four weeks. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Harry. Joined as always by my ever dependable host. First of all, we got one. I'm feeling very spooky this week, Barry. Good. It's, it's the week to feel that. Um, and also, with us is Joe. Uh, good evening, guys. How's it going? Boo. Good evening. Ooh! Jeez, a jump scare right away. Right away, yeah. What is this? A James Wan movie? What? Oh, <laughs> get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back here um, on another Sunday show. I've had a very lazy Sunday, lads. I am broadcasting. Um, as we speak in my Penny's finest pajamas. Very nice. Um, you'll see it says Marvel on it because I oh, like Marvel. God. And it's got it's got Spider Man and it's got Iron Man and Hulk and Captain America. I don't really like any of them except oh, Spider Man, but oh, this is just oh, what they yeah. Well Barry, I too have Marvel pajamas. Go on. Uh I got as a gift. I don't like Marvel really. Uh they're Captain America pajamas, I think. Okay, well he's you know, he's a solid, you know, hero. Um he's alright. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a very lazy uh, Sunday here, uh, capping off a uh, fairly straightforward week, working away. Um, been planning and working on more twitches uh, coming up in the coming weeks. Yes, uh, schedule has been all over the shop lately, um, just because of stuff getting in the way and illnesses and all that sidelining me from my art. You know, um, what I did in preparation for Twitch this week, what am I? I went for a big long walk. I went to the outskirts of the city to go to a Smith's because uh, there are no there are no central Smiths now, but the ones that are left are good. They're the ones that are just in giant warehouses. Uh, yeah. so they have loads of stuff. And let me tell you, I've been into Smiths a couple of times over the last few years, typically just to go to the game section because you know something's on sale or, or I got a voucher or whatever. This is the first time this this weekend when I went into Smiths Toys <clears throat> and really just said like I'm going to have a look around. And, and, and the magic is still there. It was like being yeah. 10, 10 years all over again. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, and I have to say the wrestling section is fairly sizable. They have got, they've got a great uh, uh, collection of wrestling. WWE still very much on, on top. All, every kind of, like, the cheapo figures all the way up to the fancy pants fucking WrestleMania accurate attire fucking speciality figures all there. They had uh, a lot of brawn uh, for some reason, but I guess, you know, the news, news doesn't travel that fast. Um, lots of, they had like a, a huge amount of those like you can get like a play set that's like an ambulance that brawn pops out the top of which right. i guess happened on raw or something uh lots of fiend uh, as well um and there was a tiny little there was a little section it was two rows of AEW figures um you know not not loads but they've 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 cracked into into the the territory but they did also have an AEW ring and the belt um okay. Uh, so yeah, the the AEW ones were like the WWE ones were a couple of series behind. AEW ones were a little bit behind as well. And I, I didn't go in to buy a wrestling figure, but I was really I was enjoying browsing, and I was like, listen, I have to get the Orange Cassidy. He's sitting there, <laughs> he's sitting there writing, and I was looking for a Pentagon. If they had a Pentagon, I was going to get it because all the Pentagon right. figures are class. Um, they didn't have it, and they had like um. They had, uh, they, they were, they, some of them were marked down on sale. You had like broken Matt Hardy was marked down uh, discount price. Like one of the first pack figures was marked down and then you had to pay full price for like the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and stuff like that. But I got myself a little Orange Cassidy. Uh, he's lovely. 
Um, but the main reason I went out there was I was going to get my Legos uh, for my mm-hmm. forth, forthcoming Twitch stream. Uh, the Super Mario Lego. Um, it's funny, I did a little poll and Mario won. But while I was there, I was looking at the, I said, oh, they, they've got a little layer where Spider-Man keeps all his outfits. And it comes with a little green goblin and all this other stuff and and all that and the lego aisle in general was was fantastic again could, mm. could it could it, i didn't know which particular ones i was going to get of the mario uh, aisle uh but i i, I kind of just picked out two while i was there uh oh my god that stuff is expensive uh, first of all um especially for the size and quantity of what you get in them um and i was kind of like ah, i don't want to buy it like, i was like i don't want to buy a little one because i'm going to be streaming it so i want to have something that can sit down and be a little bit fun to kind of really think about how i make it and all this other stuff they had like Bowser's airship from like Odyssey, right? And it comes with a big giant Lego Bowser. And I was like, that looks cool. And it was 90 quid. And I was like, well, okay, but it's a big fucking Lego set. So I get it. It do- Like literally none of them come with Mario except for the starter kit. So this, there's this whole racket where it's like you have to buy the starter kit. And it even says, and it signs up in the area, like, do not buy any of this if you do not have the fucking 40 quid starter kit with Mario as well. It's like, it doesn't work. And I was like, okay, because there's a whole, this is my first time experiencing this. There's a whole Bluetooth sync it up to your, your app uh, fucking uh, uh, whatever the fuck aspect of it. Jesus. Um, yeah, I, I like. Mar- <clears throat> Excuse me, still a bit croaky from the other week. Um, there's a a um, uh, uh, Mario talks and he recognizes what blocks you've put him on and all this other stuff. Um, someone gave me a heads up. I wasn't going to open it or look at any of it until I I did the stream this coming Friday. Uh, but someone gave me the heads up. They're like, no, you want what you want to do is just open it and put the batteries in Mario and download the patch patch your legos you get your day one patch for your lego <laughs> because the way the way it works is you just take them out put the batteries in uh uh mario he turns on it's basically it's, it's a very unusual little lego piece because it looks it's a little lego person it almost looks duplo like in its shape um but it has leds for eyes and a mouth because it talks and it has a little led on its chest like a teletubby and and the one on its chest shows like oh mario's on fire because you put him on a fire block or whatever um but you turn him on and he goes oh, the mario time hello um when you turn him off the 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 eyes and mouth are just empty black voids it looks like something out of uh, five nights at freddy's um but yeah you you uh sync him up to like there's an app there's a lego mario app and that's the same app where you get the instructions to build the thing which is fair enough um but yeah it's like uh, please leave Lego Mario on while we download an update. It takes like 20 minutes to fucking patch this fucking little piece of Lego, um, uh, which I, I understood when they launched the Luigi set. They initially, Mario was like, hello, where's my brother? Oh, you should go to the shop and buy my brother, please. Um, uh, <laughs> which was which was very dystopian. But yes, I got the starter kit and I got a little, it's called, like a, I think, a guarded castle kit that comes with a piranha plant. Um, so I'm very excited to get stuck into those. Um, so yeah, that was my big adventure this week was, um, uh, uh going to Smith's and, and enjoying all the whimsy that that entails. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what about you, Les? What have you been up to this week? Uh, the week that just was, uh, well, I did my driving theory test as we oh. discussed last week on the show. 
Oh, only got the bloody hundred percent, lads. Oh, he nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. Uh, uh, only, only be, literally got every question correct. Not, must be know. pretty easy, probably. Uh, you think so, Joe? But I was shitting the old pants doing it because, <laughs> like, you go into the little testing center. They do the old um, TSA check on you. Can you pull your little socks up? Make sure that you're not got cheat notes in there um, and the like. Yeah, you have to stand and roll your sleeves up, roll your sleeves down. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very Makes thorough. Um, and then you go in and you're, you're sitting there on the computer and it has a little tutorial in case you're one of the owl, the owl ones who doesn't know how a computer works. You can move the mouse and the cursor will move on the screen. Um... And then I did the test. Yeah, but on the way in on the, the train, I was just getting some last minute cramming in, doing some uh, mock exams on the app. And I was getting like 40 out of 40, 39 out of 40, 38 out of 40. Like I didn't fail a single. Mm. And then on the very last one I did, literally as the train was three minutes away from my destination, I did one more. And I don't know whether it was the anxiety... Uh, causing it or whether it was just that there was stuff I was unfamiliar with but it just seemed like in that last test questions started appearing that I'd never seen before mm-hmm. and of course that gives you the the last minute heebie-jeebies uh, when you've been so confident like I'm getting 40 39 every time suddenly oh what's this question I don't remember this I haven't seen this before uh, but it's too late now to study anymore because you have to go do the test now mm-hmm. So I went in, and the system is quite good. Uh, it lets you, like, it's multiple choice, of course, but it also lets you, like, right-click to, like, cross off an answer you know is not correct. So you can you can kind of process of elimination a lot of them and then come back to them later, and what you've crossed off is, is like, saved. So when I went through in my first run, I think I had, like, 32 out of 40. I was pretty certain we're right. Which gave me an 8 out of 40. Ooh, I'm not so sure about them. So I just kind of gave myself an extra few minutes to like, you know, look over them, look over them, and try and work them out as much as I can. Funnily enough, as we discussed last week, I really put a lot of focus on the numerical questions. How much can you be fined for this? How much stopping distance do you have to give for this? Uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. None of those questions came up. Yeah. Uh, loads of questions about how to put a trailer on a car. Oh, no. Which I obviously didn't pay much attention to. But, uh, again, I kind of worked them out. And uh, came out, sitting there. I think it only took me about 10 minutes to do the test. Uh, of the, I think they allot you, like, 45 minutes. There was no way it was going to take me 45 minutes, the amount of... Yeah, I, I would feel that way uh, during the, the practice tests. And it's just that classic school, college anxiety. You think, of, oh, am I going too fast? Uh, yeah. Should I sit here for an extra half an hour after <laughs> I've already picked the answers? And I have no interest in going back and changing. No. Um, and then I came out and they, they give you the results straight away after you come out. Okay. And uh, they have little leaflets on the, on the counter at the reception. And that's the way they kind of tell you. They go, oh, take a leaflet there. And the leaflet is like, congrats, you've passed your test. And I went, ooh, ooh, that's good. That's good news. And then she, then she handed me the page with the, the score, 40 out of 40. And I was like, ooh, rang everyone. Well, girlfriend and the parents. Uh, and then I was in Dublin, Dublin city center and I did a bit of shopping and I too bought Lego. Um, oh, I bought the Lego Luke's- boys. The Lego boys are back. 
And now I bought some. I bought Luke Skywalker's X-wing fighter. Lovely. Which is uh for only forty seven euro. Mm. Uh, it's it's a big enough one. Uh, it's a fun build as well. Um, that was just my little celebratory gift to myself after. Gotta do it. Test. Yeah. Um. So that's a good one for maybe the future. If either of you are interested in uh, a somewhat less expensive Lego, but also one that still will will take you the better part of an hour to put together. And and also, the X-Wing wings open and close like in real life in the movie. Well, I mean, what else do you want? What else <laughs> yeah. do you want? So that was really cool. Uh, although, while I was in... I also did my shopping in Smith's because I had gone to Toy Master uh, on Henry Street first because... Toy Master Smith's was only built uh, late, uh, maybe in like the early two thousands. Whereas Toy Master is, is very much the shop of my childhood. Mm. Uh, so I went there first out of loyalty, out of allegiance. Uh, <laughs> saw the prices and uh, did a Grandpa Simpson out of there, <laughs> um, right over to Smith's, and uh, they did have, they did have that Millennium Lego Millennium Falcon, which I one day will own. Ooh. But it's like eight hundred euro. <laughs> Fucking hell! You get the real one for that. I know, but it's it's the proper big like adult Lego, right? Full, full size, you can fly it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It comes yeah. comes with a little hairy lad who sits beside you and playing around. <laughs> is that, is that um, it's just you sitting there making it? Natty's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I'm trying to help. Just... <laughs> She's got the hair and the buns, um, <laughs> but uh, got that. I also picked up a few Blu-rays for myself in uh, Golden Discs. Or not Golden Discs, fucking uh, Tower Records. Above I was going to say, no no fucking chance it's Golden Discs. I would, like, they've now gotten rid of all of them in my local, I'm fairly sure. It, yeah, it, like, Golden Discs like, is a record store now. But that's but that's that's what gets me right is like they know that like okay no one wants like CDs because like the the, the bespoke uh, uh, music listener wants records that's perfectly fine but they've walls and walls and walls of DVDs but I'm like but surely if you want to do the specialty fucking purchase thing you they've got like in mind they've got now it's literally one row on the floor of Blu-rays underneath all the DVDs and I go down and look at what they've got and it's like Iron Man I'm like why are you fucking what like oh it fucking annoying annoys me so much and they are kind of the the other than cex actually has a great collection because it's all secondhand so i go in across the road to them but other than those two it's like we don't have a tower records down here so i'm like i can't yeah. we don't have a whole lot of physical media uh, places so i hate to resort back to amazon but that's kind of what i have to uh, well the gold do. the local golden discs here isn't quite as bad as that but it's definitely uh shrinking yeah uh, and definitely if if you're on the whole the uh, hunt for 4k blu-rays which i'm not because i don't have a player but i just look out of interest yeah uh yep it's just all the mcu films yeah and nothing else super frustrating uh but i went to tower records which is for all intents and purposes what you remember the hmvs of the world being before they they left ireland and just uh, exist over in the uk um so i picked up three blu-rays i got uh the father which i'll review later today Mm. Uh, a a two pack, uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, and the Next Level, mm. uh, which I'll talk about later today. And I got—I forget the name of the third one. It's the—I th- think it's the third um, Agatha Christie adaptation after Murder on the Orient Express and Death on the Nile, whatever the third one is called. I did not know there was a third one. I think there's like five. What? Yeah, there's loads of adaptations. Um, in that in that like seventies eighties run, I mean, 
Um, so I just saw that I picked that up as well. But um, so pass the driver test. Oh, I made a horrible mistake as well, Barry. You're going to be fucking outraged with me here, right? Go on. I was in town. Town meaning Dublin city centre, obviously. Town is yes. obviously a, a a term that can uh, vary dependent on where you live. Not, but, not, um, not, not down to the general store in Leakslip. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I was in the city centre of Dublin, and I went into a little Burger King, had a little ooh, woo pear for myself. Lovely. Delicious, Great. right? And then as I was heading over to Forbidden Planet, mm. uh, passed Bunsen and went, fuck, why did I go to Burger King? Fucking idiot. Haven't had Bunsen in like two years. Could have had a Bunsen. Wait, has it really been two years since you had a Bunsen? I haven't. Yeah, I haven't been, I haven't been in the city center in like two years. Ah, uh, see now, I I don't know how you like when you knew you were going in, you didn't specifically I, it, plan it never what the burger was me. going to be. That's it that's a shocking oversight. It really is. I I I would have thought better of you than that. Now I know. I was I was I was literally passing it in Temple Bar, and oh my god, I just had that moment of realization of I'm after wasting my my one. Bunsen uh, opportunity on a, a Burger King, which I've had like 10 times since yeah. the started. Uh, and then the last bit of news is, or second last bit of news, is I did start that new job. Yes. Uh, okay. So I did get, the interview I did get, it was offered to me. Uh, and I have I started doing it on Friday. Funnily enough, still haven't exactly worked out the dotted the I's and crossed the T's of the contract and the exact figures that are going to be passing hands. But uh, I'm expecting a call maybe Monday or Tuesday to uh, hash that out. We'll see what, we'll see what, they, uh, what they come to me with. Did you, did you get anything in Forbidden Planet? No, unfortunately I didn't. I just had a look around. There was nothing. Now that's an expensive shop to go in. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of money in the past in Forbidden Planet, but just on this occasion, there was nothing that jumped out at me as... Like, I'd already got the Lego, I already had the... Yeah, oh, I suppose, but yeah, you'd already treated yourself, I guess. I, um... Oh, yeah, when, when we went, we had a, our staycation in Dublin, I went in, and it was like, 10 million things I would have liked to get, but it's, like, money, also space, like, okay, I don't need this fucking gigantic Thanos uh, glove. <laughs> well, this uh, is for, the thing about 600 space. quid. As you mentioned, right? I bought the Lego. You'll, you'll be able to... I'll give it a shake here. Yes, I I made it and immediately kind of took it apart and put it back in the box. Because um, I don't have room to display an X, a Lego X-Wing. Oh, I'll be doing the exact same thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, but the way the X-Wing is built, the wings, you can kind of just... Not, not, e- not even snap off. They kind of pull off. And you can just put them in the box, and all I'll have to do is take them out of the box, put the wings back on, and it's done. It'll take me 20 seconds to put it back together. And I put the mini figs in a little Ziploc pack as well, so they don't go missing. But I just have them in the box. There's nowhere else for me to store. Um, but yeah, new job is uh, interesting so far. Friday was a bit of a quiet day, because it was like the first day was a bit more into introductory. Uh, I expect a bit more of that, maybe tomorrow and before I start really getting into the nitty gritty of it, it's more, it's kind of a project manager job. Um, and so we'll see. Yeah, it's exciting, exciting times. Um, and then finally, the sexification 2021. Uh, since Friday, the 1st of October, that was my starting date. I've um, doing a little, you know, counting calories. Jogging every day. I've jogged three days in a row. Yeah. Um, Doing all the push-ups, all the sit-ups and that. Um, And the plan is, 
um, as far as the exercise goes, I'm obviously going, I'm going to end up back in the gym. I'm just waiting to find out what the deal is because I had a year membership that got cut like two months in due to the pandemic. Now I'm expecting they're going to tell me too bad, but I just want to see what situation is there before I, I head back to the gym. But as far as the jogging and, and the exercise goes, I'm going to like, I'm starting quite modestly and I'm, I'm every day doing a little bit more and more and more. So first jog, literally the first jog I've done in a, a two years, maybe I just did like one kilometer without stopping. Like that's the thing. The thing that I'm trying to get through the mental block is I want to jog continuously and don't stop. Right. Cause I think it's too easy if you do the like jog, stop, jog, stop, jog. stop. and I know some people say like, that's the way to do it. But I find if I, like, if I don't give in, if I get through that mental block, I can I can do more exercise than I would otherwise. But I did like one kilometer basically, right? And then I added on another 100 meters to it on the second day. And then the, today I did a loop of the estate and then that same kilometer again. So every day I'm doing an extra little bit on top of the jog. And for push-ups and sit-ups, etc., I'm adding one every day. So I, I'm doing like let's say 20 today, tomorrow will be 21. And by the end of the month, I'll be up to like 50. That's the plan anyway. Mm. So it's going okay so far. Obviously it's only like two days. So I'm not suddenly looking like, you know, Chris Hemsworth, but, uh, I'll give it a month. Well, I'm, I'm planning to do it for the rest of the year. It's not only going to be a month. So no, I mean, before you look like Chris Hemsworth. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, when you have the genetics, the, <laughs> the genetic freak, brother. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But that's uh, three days in so far, doing well, eating much better, doing exercise. The body doesn't feel like I've been, like, pummeled to a pulp. Uh, when I wake up, it's a little bit sore. But when I jog, it just kind of, the jogging, it's like hair of the dog in jog form. The jogging does away with the badness. Yeah, hair of the jog. Yeah, that's what it comes hair to. <laughs> but, you know, you, you don't feel as much once you get active. And also, in addition to the jogging, I'm trying to do 10,000 steps every day. So I do the jog. And then, like last night, at about this time last night, I went out for like a 6,000 step walk. Okay. Um, just to make sure I'm ticking that box every day, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, that's been a pretty busy week for me. Uh, unfortunately, still no Twitch streaming because it's just hectic. We've had dogs all the time, trying oh. to go for extra walks, walks. you know, work, Oy. tests. But I promise, I think this week, Twitch, I'll, I'll have time to do a little bit of streaming again. Pick up the No Mercy Slack. That's it. That's it. Yeah. How about you, Joe? How was life treating you this week? Uh, it's not been too bad. We um, we went to a, a memorial service yesterday um, for someone that I used to work with who sadly passed away earlier in the year. Um, it was towards the end of the really strict lockdown, so obviously they didn't have like a full-on kind of funeral or service or anything. So this was a kind of a send-off um, with all of all of his you know extended sort of friends and family. So we went to a pub in in London that we used to go to uh, near where we worked. So it was. You know, all very good. Um, yeah, sad, but it was more of a kind of, you know, party slash send off rather than a, you know, sad sort of, sort of service or anything. Um, so that was nice. And um, there was also a raffle um, at the service to raise money for 
uh, LGBT kind of mental health. Um, so bought, bought a few tickets for that. Had some good prizes on it. They had John Lewis vouchers, pret vouchers, a posh candle, you know, things people have donated. Uh, we only bloody won a prize, lads. Oh. We won a prize. We won a £50 sex shop voucher. Um, Tremendous. So I don't know what they're selling. I haven't got it yet. I don't know what store it's for. Well, I don't know but, what um... they sell there, officer. Well, I've never <laughs> I'd like one sex, please. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they've got on offer and what you can get for fifty quid. But um, it's probably like what an Ann Summers or something. Probably, like yeah. I, I think a bit more uh, upmarket, hopefully. Than, than I thought you were going to say if it were sleazy. Yeah. On the sliding scale, I tell you what, sliding. Ugh, watch out. Oh god. So I think probably either go for the Super Mario butt plug. <laughs> or, or the uh, lightsaber dildo. I don't okay. know. We'll uh, see. Make, see what make, make sure you download the patch before you use it, though, because if the <laughs> software is out of date, it's going to be saying Ooh. all kinds of weird things. Downloaded a few patches in my time, don't worry. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> make sure you store it in the box as well. Just to... oh, oh, no. no. Pack it away. Um, yeah, so oh, that, was, uh, that was good. Good catching up with people. We then, so we were in central London and. It was fucking insanely busy with, with touring. Everyone's come back. Everyone's COVID's over. Everyone's back. Everyone's yeah. out. Everyone's around. So we were walking, walking to the place and I haven't been up there for a couple of years, nearly for a couple of years. And I was completely getting lost as to where we were going, even though I know the area really well. So I was getting really stressed out on the verge of like panic attack. I'm like, oh my God, where are we going? There's so many people around. Like, I don't know what's going on. Pouring with rain as well. Um, so yeah, after after we left the service, we went for a, a, a burrito. We were pretty hungry. We were like, let's get a nice burrito. It's a lovely place that I used to go to for lunch. So we went there, pissing down with rain, bit of a queue at the burrito place. We go in there and it's strange. It's, it's, it's a kind of typical burrito place, but they also have a bar in there. And as it gets towards the evening, they tend to convert into more of a bar than a you know just a sort of restaurant and um, so we got in there but it was a weird time it was about half five so there was still a massive queue of people wanting food but there were also loads of people sat down at tables just having mojitos and margaritas and stuff so not a table in the place it, it completely full it's pissing down so we don't want to get takeaway and, and kind of try and eat outside so we're like right we'll get it to eat in no seats we went and sat at the bar where this woman was making margaritas. And we're like, is it if we just sit here to eat? And she just gave us the dirtiest look of like, well, suppose it's okay. It was, uh, it's like, I'm sorry for buying food in your restaurant and wanting to eat it here, but <laughs> here we are. Um, so luckily a table did open up a few minutes later. We, we grabbed it and stuffed down this giant burrito and a, and a can of Coke. But yeah, possibly the most stressful burrito uh, I've ever eaten. And there was just a very weird atmosphere in the place as well. I think you could sense that like people were kind of constantly looking around to see if a table was going to open up and if someone was like, finishing their burrito and was going to leave. So yeah, it was very, very strange. Um, but That'll be my last time going into central London on a Saturday for about 20 years, I should think. Um, stick to weekdays from now on. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that was it was a fun day overall, though, despite the um, stresses. Um, and then today we went for a lovely walk. It was quite sunny this morning. Went for a lovely walk, came back, thought, let's do a final kind of mow of the lawn. 
um, before it gets too long. Do the last one of the year, then that'll be fine for, for autumn and winter. Um, see some sort of dark clouds on the horizon. You think, mm, okay, it's probably going to rain in like 10, 15 minutes, but we can get it done. You know, it's only a small garden. Get it done in 10, 15 minutes. Got the lawnmower out, plugged it in. Literally about 30 seconds later, these clouds just suddenly appeared and it absolutely pissed down with rain and hailstones. As I'm trying to like mow the lawn, I was like sprinting up and down the lawn to try and get it finished before it started raining. Failed, unfortunately. We got most of it done. Um, But yeah, then I'm like trying to get the lawnmower back in the shed as Michelle's running in to get the extension lead and take that inside as I'm getting hit with hailstones. Um, so that was interesting. God knows what the neighbours thought if they uh, saw us out there with a small mower in, in, in house clothes and pissing rain. But um, yeah, hopefully it's dry again next weekend. We can uh, have a better go of it. But yeah, that's been Lifeguard for the week. There's your old uh, life guff. Uh, what about music guff? You've been listening to much there this week, Paul. Um, two bits of music for you this week. Uh, first one is a new single by Paul's favorite rock band at the moment, Ghost. They have a new one out uh, mm. called Hunter's Moon, which is not uh, associated to any specific album, but is rather a song that is uh, on the soundtrack for the new Halloween movie. Oh, really? Halloween Kills. Oh, yeah. That's out soon, I believe. So apparently, uh, he was uh, approached by one of the producers of the movie to submit a song for the movie, and he said, "Well, I have one or two that I can give you." And yeah, as as typical Ghost Fair, it's a catchy rock number. Um, incorporates some of the sounds for, that you might associate with the Halloween movies um, into kind of a, a guitar-y chorus. But yeah, as a Ghost fan, I'm obviously uh, a fan of it. It's it's a bit of an earworm. Uh, it takes a few, to be fair, it takes a few listens to truly get into. On my first listen, I was a little bit underwhelmed, but I've kind of come around on it since. Uh, and then I've listened to an album, as I tend to do, uh, by a, a English Ghanaian rapper called Heady One. Oh. Uh, and the album is called Too Loyal For My Own Good, which is, I mean, so close to being a two-pack album name that it's surely some kind of prestige. Um... Yeah, it's it's a it's it's you know what it's, it it really sounds like to me. This is maybe more to do with my own ignorance when it comes to the the British rap scene because I don't know if this album would necessarily fall into kind of the grime subcategory, but it sounds a lot like um, oh, what's the guy who does the the Tingo Scra? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big, I don't know big shack. It sounds like a, a, it. it sounds like a non-novelty big shack record. Um, and again, that's probably more to do with my own untuned ear. I I kind of know what you mean though. Every now and then, when I get a, a British rap track um, onto the old Discover Weekly and Spotify, it, it, I I think that's not the worst description I've ever heard. It kind of is just that minus the layer of irony. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because I mean I've heard like. Obviously, this is really surface level when it comes to like grime. But I've heard like Stor- Stormzy tracks that I've quite liked. Yeah. Um, but this is just very middle of the road, kind of forgettable uh, rap that has really like nothing to say, but also isn't particularly catchy. So it just kind of is nothing, <laughs> and it's pretty right. much it's pretty much gone out of my head already. But um, 
that was released on the 1st of October, and so I listened to it. Continuing my, my trend of uh, reviewing the shortest album released that week, or at least the shortest album present on the Spotify new releases uh, search function. So I don't. I wouldn't recommend it unless you're like big into that scene. Right, uh, I of course. I didn't yeah. particularly care for it. But that ghost track, I would recommend because it's great. But that's the music for the week. That is the music for the week. We'll segue over to one of our other guffs here, who has some telly. They would like to chat to us about Joe. Have you watched any telly this week? Uh, not too much notable apart from Gilmore Girls, but we just actually finished off watching. Uh, the Ken Burns uh, country music uh, documentary. Uh, there was an eight-part series on on PBS, so we've been watching those. They're quite they're quite very detailed. They're like two hours each, um, so we've been watching them over the last few months. Um, and it's it's fantastic, like all these documentaries are. It's just so thorough. It just takes one subject and goes into a complete um, granular kind of history. Um, but also, you know, very compelling as well. Like it, it feels each one feels like a narrative. Um, you know, he tends to tell the story of a particular country singer and also kind of tragedy and successes of their life. So it's, it's really, really interesting. The, um, the final one kind of goes up to about, I think, the mid-90s, so kind of late 80s to the mid-90s, and finishes with um, Garth Brooks becoming the kind of... <laughs> the first kind of country, um, country singer to start doing stadiums. So they talk about his his early career and how he kind of exploded and did three sellout um, shows at Texas Stadium. He really kind of brought in that rock, um, almost like Elton John or Queen kind of style of show of just not only doing country music but doing like the big kind of show with stunts and fireworks and everything going on around it. So yeah, it's really interesting. So not, also not a big country music fan apart from Dolly Parton, the Queen, but. Um, yeah, really interesting series. I'm very glad we watched it, and I'm looking looking forward to seeing what else uh, Ken Burns is working on because that was that was fantastic. Um, yeah, but other than that, not too much that we've watched this week. Well, let me tell you, uh, gentlemen, about a little series you may have heard of, you may not have heard of, but it's getting you know been getting a little bit of traction. Uh, it's called Marvel's What If. Oh god, how long is this show? I feel like I feel like it's never ending. This was the penultimate episode. This was the penultimate episode. Was this I feel like I saw a little bit more chatter about this one. Was this um vision centric, was it? Uh Ultron. Ultron. Okay. Yeah, it was it, it was What If Ultron won. Okay. okay. So you might recall what if the, the, movie the film The Age of Ultron is where yeah, where, where Vision was given birth to. So rather than Vision, it's Ultron in that body. Uh, and what kind of followed was, you know, yet another mm, stuff happened. Well that happened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I obviously haven't cared much for this series. I continue to watch it for some baffling reason uh but given that it's the second to last episode it, 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 it it's kind of started to um converge some of the the different what if universi into uh what will surely be a, a roller coaster thrill ride of a finale um so yeah it it it, it ends with um uh the character the watcher who has been a constant throughout played by Jeffrey Wright. Yes. 
Um, he's kind of the 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 framework that links these stories together. He's he's, he's, a, he's the narrator, but he he's his character like see he actually he's, sees yeah. the timelines, isn't it? Is he's an observer of all of, of the multiverse, basically. Right. And uh, Ultron has got so powerful that he's he's found a way to kind of interact with the Watcher, and so that's kind of where the Watcher's uh, you know adverse, uh, adversity is coming from. And that's what the, the, the climax of the series is going to be. And the Watcher has gone to uh, the, the the Doctor Strange, the supreme version of Doctor Strange that was uh, formed in that Doctor Strange episode for help. So now you're starting to see the stories converge. The problem was that the stories were never good in the first place. So when they converge, you, you as a viewer don't particularly care. Uh, as was the case with me when I was just let out a big sigh as soon as it was over. At least it was 30 minutes. Um, I will watch the final one. Um, but my God, I, there's, there's going to have to be a point where I, I look at myself in the mirror and say, no mas. <laughs> uh, you know, it feels honestly like when I was, um, in France, when we started doing this podcast X years ago, mm. um, that I still watched like new Simpsons and family guy just out of habit, but that it reached a point yeah. where I was watching, I think it was just an episode of family guy I was watching. And I came to a point of realization where I was like, I would rather be doing anything else than watching this right now. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it actively was making me angry to watch. And, and that was the point at which yeah. I came up. So I'm sure that's going to also arrive with shows of this ilk, but uh, I'm not quite there yet. I don't enjoy them, but you know, I have them on the background while I'm, you know, working on something or right. that's, that's kind of show it is. Um, what else did I watch this week? I watched uh, two new shows, in a sense, uh, to me at least. Uh, I watched uh, the first two episodes of The Great British Bake Off. Um, mm. I watch it on this this obscure French TV station. Um, it's called Chanel Quatre. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I've I've never watched any of the previous. Uh, seasons, maybe when it was in its heyday. I don't know if, if it's, I don't know if it's still coming up. If it's kind of come down a little bit since its peak, I don't know where we are in the timeline. But um, it's you know it's quite a fun watch. Unlike uh, Master Chef, which I do enjoy, it's all condensed into one night of the week, which is nice in that it, you don't take three days a week watching it. Mm. Um, the hosts are kind of funny and charismatic. You have uh, Noel Fielding. Uh, of Mighty Boosh fame, or I guess no feeling of Great British Bake Off fame, and um, Matt Lucas. They've, they're quite. I, I quite like both of them. So I, I, I don't like Matt Lucas from the Little Britain days, but I like him from the Shooting Stars days, where he played uh, Giant <laughs> oh, yeah. Baby, Baby um, Drummer, yeah. Drummer. George Doors, what are the scores? Uh, so they're good uh, as far as the the actual like judges go. <laughs> Paul Hollywood is just uh, a kind of. A, a man with a man with uh, who looks like he has a lot of charisma, but in actuality has very little. And <laughs> uh, Prudence, whatever I don't know, how Prudence is her name. She's just a lady, an old lady. <laughs> she doesn't have much either. Um, which is good that the, the hosts themselves have are quite charismatic. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a fun little baking show. I like the challenges. I like the creativity of it. They were making like anti gravity cakes, and they were making biscuits based on like toys from their childhood that had to have some kind of like interactivity to them like, there's lots of fun to it uh, so I'm quite enjoyed that that's become a little Tuesday 
um, you know, appointment viewing in our household, mm. uh, just for Natty and myself. On Tuesday evening, we head upstairs, take a dog with us if they're with us, uh, sh- turn on the All Four app, and uh, and we'd be watching some some bacon. And I've also dipped my toe into this new series of Nevermind the Buzzcocks. Oh, who's that? Um, uh, the host is, I don't know his full name, but he's the guy from, the big tall guy from like Taskmaster. He was the principal oh. in the Inbetweeners, Greg something. Greg Davis, yeah. Greg Davis. Now, to be fair, like I, I quite enjoyed Never Mind the Buzzcocks during its BBC run. I didn't quite watch the last few years after Simon Amstel left. Hmm. But I liked it during the, you know, uh, Mark Lamar days and to an extent the Simon Amstel days. And then when he left, I think I started, I stopped watching maybe two years before he left. But then certainly when he left and they were getting like guest hosts in, I didn't particularly care for that. I, I always liked Buzzcocks as, you know, it, it was in itself kind of counterculture program. It was a bit punk. It was a bit mm. grimy. Uh, it was very sarcastic. You know? Satire. Um yeah sardonic very much so and and that's one of the like the the new series which obviously it's been cancelled by bbc it's now on sky max um hosted by greg davies um it's a little too it's a little too polished it's a little too shiny if you know what i mean it's um it's like if if you watched on one hand uh, a 1998 episode of of Monday Nitro, and then you watch immediately after that a 2021 episode of Raw. You would say, "Why does it look like this? I like how it looked before. I liked when it had a bit of imperfection to it. You know that that was kind of the appeal. It wasn't it wasn't super shiny with with uh, popping colors. It was a little bit dark. It was a little bit you know off brand." Yeah. And, and that's kind of like the, the, the Davies is at least retained some of that sarcasticness to him. You know, I think he's like, he's as good a host as they would get today. Um, and he's they retain a lot. Of, he's not a music yeah. guy. You know what I mean? He's not a, like, no, but then neither was Simon Amstel really. Yeah. He'd hosted pop world. He'd hosted pop. World. Oh, that's true. You're right. He had hosted music shows at least. I don't think Greg David. I mean, he's just a comedian. Because I think of I think of Amstel as a Nickelodeon host. That's what he was. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But he had yeah he had a bit of it. And Mark Lamar before him was like a radio DJ. No, you're like, right. You're right. They had right. some music thing. But yeah, uh, it's kind of like when they rebooted uh, Room One Hundred One because I always really liked that show when it was with um, Nick Hancock and Paul Mert, and yeah. then they turned it into like a panel show with shiny lights and just same comedians you get on every other show and it's like oh god that, that, that's pretty much pretty much what Qu- question done, of it? sport question of sport question of music question yeah. of shit now to be fair it's still a fairly easy watch they've retained a lot of the uh, same kind of like question format so you have the intros round um you have the uh you know the, the lines whatever they call it the following lines round at the end um, so it's it's still you know it's the same skeleton of the show, it's just a lot of the little details that made it very enjoyable are, are kind of missing. Um, but that's all I've been watching this week. Barry Murphy, what about yourself? Sorry, my mic was muted there. I, I you some of bitch way beautifully, and I I absolutely fucked it, absolutely shagged it. Anyway, uh. Thank you. Uh, I watched a couple of things this week. 
Uh, I did, of course, as it is that time of year, start watching the Treehouse of Horrors. Nice. Uh, you know, uh, Disney does put them all on a list here, which is nice. So I think we watched uh, four there before we got uh, got going on our um, uh, podcast here tonight. Uh, and that is also on my uh, my schedule for Twitch later this month. I wanted to do something uh, Halloweeny, you know, do something that's mm. not a, a you know a game that's also Halloweeny. And I was like pumpkin carving or something like that. And I was like, no, the mess trying to touch the computer with that because it's fun, but it's also messy. So I came up with this. I'll do a little uh, one of those uh, tier maker streams. I'm going to be ranking. I found a, a, a list on on tiermaker.com that is the first ten. Treehouse of Horrors divided by segment, not episode. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to be ranking those from, you know, S tier down to F. Um, and I'm very interested. I, I haven't, I, I'm not going to, I haven't, uh, uh, you know, thought about the ranking at all until I, until I fire it up and I'm watching them now. And, uh, you know, they are some of my favorite episodes. So uh, those are good as always. And I did, uh, keeping with the, the uh, seasonal theme, I did tonight watch the first episode of Midnight Mass, which is the new uh, Mike Flanagan miniseries on Netflix. He hmm. uh, of Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor and Hush and Gerald's Game and all that other stuff. Although to a lesser extent, Bly Manor. To a lesser extent, yeah. But uh, he's back. And Midnight Mass, only watched one episode, but uh, thumbs up, pretty intriguing, pretty solid. Um uh, premise is interesting enough. It's got that same kind of uh, nice, nice kind of uh, you know sheen, but not overly sheen uh, uh, feeling of the shows. It looks very nice. Um, yeah, and it's got a nice creepy kind of setting to it. I was kind of I, you know, I I, I thought they went uh, <laughs> twice was too much for the for the for the haunted house um, uh, aesthetic uh, for the last two series. This one is basically about this uh, um, uh, sort of devout Catholic who goes to jail for four years for like a drunk driving incident. When he gets out, he moves back to this. I don't know what state it's supposed to be in, but basically he lives on like the American equivalent of like the Aran Islands, but he even more kind of uh, uh, secluded and, and small. It's like a population of like 150 people. So he moves back there to kind of, you know, resume his quiet life away from, from everything that happened. And then things begin to transpire of a supernatural nature. Um, uh, so yeah, it's good. Uh, you know, uh, intrigued me. It's only seven episodes long, so hopefully I might get through it there in time for next week. But um, yeah, that's it. That was my uh, my telly off there for the week. I still haven't gotten around to that squid game that the whole world is talking about. I know. Um, I don't know if I'll have time for it, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, where'd you fit these things in? Um, but it does. It does sound quite good, and I'll probably give it a, give it a look at some stage. I'm too busy watching episodes of What If before anyone bothers well, to point it. it out. I'm aware. That what if is shit and the Squid Game is probably good. <laughs> don't bother to point it out. They should make uh, an episode of what if. It's like what if a bunch of people had to compete in a battle royale style game, uh, you know, and, and and then you might watch that. You know what would um, be good for what if? That would be that good. That sounds it. a good episode. That sounds like a good episode. <laughs> and it was all, it was just but, a bunch of the Marvel heroes doing a battle royal. That'd be good. What they should do is is uh, get like different notable writers in to do really their own spin on, on a specific character. But yeah. uh, ooh, they're too controlling and micromanaging for th- that's a good idea. But it- I mean, they didn't, I mean, they've had their share of directors leaving the films for that reason, you know, so exactly. 
Um, yeah, you should, you should be. But you, I mean, you, you would kind of assume that car, the fucking cartoon on the streaming network would would allow a little bit more freedom. But I guess the, the results say otherwise. Um, yeah. So that's the um, that is the telegraph from all of us this week. Uh, Paul, you said you went to, or no, you got a a, a Blu-ray disc of The Father. What did you make of The Father? Correct. I, I was very impressed. I was very impressed, Barry. Um, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a performance film, and I, I yes. don't mean that in a in a negative way. I use that as a a real compliment. Like, I think there there are three really really good performances in it. Maybe like two outstanding performances but i thought like imogen poots i thought was really good in it but like olivia coleman my god yeah she's tremendous and uh anthony hopkins like to be fair i haven't seen um whichever film it was that chadwick boseman was like nominated for for the oscars this last year he would have had to have been bloody good to beat Hopkins, let me tell you. Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, listen, he was a great actor. It felt weird to give a guy a posthumous nomination if you were not going to give him the win, you know. Pretty fucking incredible performance he lost to, to be fair, from one of the all-time greats. Yeah, like now, to be fair, with the, I won't spoil anything, because the father, I think the less you know about it, like... Okay, if you know the kind of base details, you'll be fine. But I think the less you know about um, the way the story kind of unfurls, I think, would be the better. But there was one bit at the very end. um, I think maybe, Barry, you'll know where I'm going here. But there's one one little bit at the very, very end where um, there's certain lines that I think in in the hands of a, a less capable actor might have come off a little mawkish or a yes. little yeah you know a little too sentimental but i thought it was just like nailed perfectly yes. and in fact i thought it really elevated the finale of the film um, yeah cuz i was kind of worried it would cuz i i think i've talked about this on this podcast before i i was aware of the broad strokes of this movie i'm not really into kind of mawkish dramas about you know mortality and you know here's here's a film about a really horrible you know disease you can have i'm like okay doesn't sound like yeah. a barrel of laughs i don't think i want to watch that so i kind of but i but this got such hype that i was like okay well i'll watch this and it it, it really isn't that and i think the, the i think the direction and the and the performances specifically are what really elevates it out of that kind of you know uh dangerous territory um yeah it's it's really fun. there was i i was kicking myself i noticed it like a day late there was a poster in the comic book store i live like right next to there's a local theater screening the father um right uh, that i would have loved to go uh, and see but missed it so look there's that's that's yeah, i gotta i gotta read more posters as i walked out, <laughs> out. Um, yeah i mean like to be fair films that kind of t- tackle the topic of um dementia are are kind of kind of popular right now for for one reason or another mm. um like i i've i've already seen like three or four films where that's kind of the key uh kind of to- theme of the film so i going into this I, I was kind of thinking okay is this going to be um kind of more of the same like still alice as an example was a really good film but it's not the kind of film you really want to see multiple times so the the approach they took with this film i thought was really unique um, 
I thought it was a really good looking movie, given that it mostly takes place in one location. It's one of those bottleneck films. Um, there was one shot that I really, really liked where Olivia Coleman's character was kind of in the kitchen on her own in the dark and she drops like a cup and it breaks, but it just has her, it's almost like a Wes Anderson shot. It has her framed very flat in the kitchen and just illuminated by the, the light coming from the hall. So you have like the door frame shape, mm-hmm. um, framing her in the dark kitchen. I just thought that I was like, Oh, that's a really well composed shot. That looks really good. Um, and yeah, but like the performances are top notch. Um, it, it, it has, like, it's a very, very sad film, especially, as I mentioned, towards the end. There's some real, like, good punches in there. But also it has moments of, like, levity. There's funny moments in it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I, I, I really was impressed by it. And I guess partially because of my own bias, because, number one, like I said, I expected a movie of a certain <laughs> level of mawkishness, but then also I expected it being an Oscar movie with a kind of dark theme. Like, you know, you kind of know what those films are. And this is definitely not an Oscar bait film. No. You know, it's not a theory of everything or a green book. This is like a seriously good film. Um, as opposed to a, a mediocre film that wins uh, an Oscar because it's about a lad in a wheelchair. <laughs> um, the only thing is, that if, I, if, if I was to criticize it, I would say at points it feels like it's based on a play. It's actually directed by and written by the the playwright who, who created it. And I generally like films that have a, a, a stage slash play feel to them. I love Reservoir yeah. Dogs, 12 Angry Men. Like we've talked about this before. Uh, but I did at times early on, not so much in the, in the second half, but early on there was, there was, I don't know whether it was the pacing or the way of transition uh, from scene to scene. It felt a little too stagey at points. That's like really the only criticism I, w- I would make of it. But like I say... Maybe that was just getting used to the film. And if I watched it a second time, I wouldn't have that same feeling. But I, d- I did feel that earlier. But overall, a, a, a really good film. Really, really good. Um, less good is a little film called Free Guy, which came to uh, Disney. You're joking. What? Well, you say that, Barry. But when Free Guy was originally released, what, a month and a half, two months ago? Yeah. It got like surprisingly decent reviews across the yeah. board. Um, so it came to Disney Plus, at least on this side of the Atlantic. It's on, it's on the stars yes. part of Disney Plus. So I guess yeah. on like Hulu, probably in the US. That's my guess, yeah. Which it um, seems it, it's shockingly early because it's not one of them 20 quid jobs either. It's just on there. It's just free on It's just there. on there. Um, and it's still, I can go and see Free Guy tonight still, I'm fairly sure, in the cinema. Um, yeah. So very, very odd, very odd. Uh, uh, you shouldn't, though, Barry. No, I've. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I thought it sucked. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was really useless. Um, it's um, you know, it's Ryan Reynolds as a he's a non-playable character in a video game, and he realizes it. And you know, it's the the film is basically a Frankenstein's monster of uh, like good ideas stolen from other films, poorly yeah. implemented here. Um. The characters are all super annoying. Um, it's horrible looking. It's it, it's a CGI monstrosity. Uh, it's it's unfunny from start to finish. Um, yeah, I hated it. 
the trailers, <laughs> the trailers were pretty horrible. I mean, they were pretty. It's that. Horrible. Like, I when I saw the trailers, I I, th- I thought exactly the same, but the reviews were good, and I was like, what am I like? Okay, maybe it's just a, a bad trailer, which you've seen happen before—a bad trailer for a good movie or a good trailer for a bad movie. <clears throat> Jordan Peele's us. Um, and uh, no, but this this film sucks. It, it was incredibly bad. Uh, but I did watch it because it has a Dwayne the Rock Johnson voice cameo in it, so I had to tick the box on my uh, my Dwayne Johnson film, <laughs> uh, which is legitimately the reason I watched it. Um, no, uh, avoid. Uh, it, it's it's one of those films that is about video games and was written by someone with a fleeting knowledge of uh, they read the Wikipedia of Fortnite. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, avoid. Um, a good movie about a video game was Jumanji: The Next Level. Yes, ah, it was the, the the exact opposite of Free Guy. It was funny. It had heartfelt moments to it, which felt earned. It had good performances in it. Uh, I thought it was every bit as good as the first one. Maybe I, I would like dock it a point for being uh, slightly too similar in a sense, um, and and also the fact that uh, some of the characters just don't have as much to do in the in the second yeah. film based on the rearranging of the the, the characters who um, you know take over the bodies so like Jack Black who's like to me the outstanding one in the first movie it really has very little to do in the second one which is a bit of a shame um, but like the, the the stars are like Dwayne Johnson doing a, a Danny DeVito impression which is hilarious and also um, Kevin Hart's take on uh, Danny Glover so I yeah I mean I I enjoyed it pretty much every bit as much as the first one and I really enjoyed the first one so they're kind of two for two on those movies they do tease a third at the end which I'm all for um, and yeah I, I I just really like the idea the comedic idea of actors doing impressions of other actors as a gimmick yeah and I'm sure it would wear off eventually but it definitely works in the favor of these movies it's really really fun. Uh, yeah, I and I, I would definitely see a third one for sure. Yeah. I don't have much more to say about it other than it was really fun. And I've now, once again, seen every film that Dwayne Rock Johnson has released. And I think that surely that would have to be near the top, or both of those would have to be near the top. Um, No, Free Guy would be near the bottom. <laughs> but both Jumanji no, no, yeah, films. You crazy. Well, characters. both films I watched this week. It's not about. Uh, let me tell you exactly where they are. I think they're definitely both in like the top 10. Um, which doesn't seem like that high, but I've seen like forty-five. Yeah, you, you you went above and beyond and saw like every <laughs> fucking thing. The main director Johnson forty-three films. I have Jumanji at ten and eleven respectively. Not bad, not bad, not bad. Definitely in the in the, in the upper echelon. Uh, and I've I've seen one more movie this week, Barry. Go on. I saw a little movie today on Amazon Prime called The Green Knight. Oh, you did, eh? Mm-hmm. I did. And I haven't yet put a letterbox to review up because I'm still, I think, kind of letting it ruminate in my brain Yes. why I actually, where I fall on it. So I wanted to get your take. What, what did you think of your viewing of The Green Knight? We, we heard Joe last week liked it. Barry, what did you think? I also liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, in fact. Um, I thought it was a very uh, kind of refreshing fantasy epic without, like... 
it's not kind of um it's not kind of like early Game of Thrones where it's like we're using fantasy as a theme, but we kind of don't want to be that. We kind of want to be uh, uh, political uh, intrigue against this backdrop. A gr- Green Knight is just kind of like very kind of uh, incredibly well made, but still feet firmly planted in the in the kind of hero's journey, kind of epic fantasy um, um, uh, genre. I, mm. I really liked it. I thought Dev Patel was absolutely fantastic in it. I thought visually it looked great. Um, uh, some of the better effects you'll see in like a movie like this um, uh, that I've seen in quite a while, and I and I thought it was despite you know its genre. I, I it's not uh, it's actually really deliberately going against kind of prototypical. You're the chosen one. You go into the woods and fucking slay the giant because that's who you are, and this journey is to prove that to you. It's it's. A way more kind of interesting um, uh, go, go and do this to see if you actually are any use as a person. Um, do, you know, where do you slot in here? Um, uh, and and the the it felt like each individual kind of act within the journey deeper into the the, the woods, for lack of a better term, was a was a, a really fascinating wrinkle uh, on the character, and the wrinkle not being. Uh, oh, I, I saw the, girl, the ghost girl in the house. I killed her. You know, um, you know, not that. Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I would, de- I, I would definitely watch it again. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and I still wish I saw it in the cinema. That was one of my thoughts that I, I came out of it with. Um, so I watched it on Amazon Prime using my Google Chromecast. Yes, and I will say because of the the kind of foggy effects that are used throughout and the often quite dark scenes, there was a lot of like artifacting. Mm. Like when you see like a light on screen, you know, the way you see the, the uh, ore around the light. Yes. And you see like the, rather than it being, um, you know, a, a gradient effect, it's, it's very clearly defined layers of where the darkness kind of stops and gets grad- like lighter and lighter. So I wonder if you saw in cinema whether just purely the 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 quality of the picture would be better. Um, so that's one takeaway I did have. I, I don't think it's the movie's fault at all. I think that's probably the fault of my setup. Um, but yeah, I I I was very happy first of all that I you know I went in with expectations of what it was going to be, both in like expectations of how much I would like it, but also like what I hoped the plot would be because I really had no idea what what this film was about. And I was hoping for a kind of <laughs> Monty Python and the Holy Grail style, albeit not comedy, but style, you know, goes on an adventure, has various smaller adventures within yeah, uh, on the way to the destination. And it's, it is very much that. So I, I was really pleased because that's kind of what I, I was exactly in the mood for it to be that kind of film. Uh, and yeah, there were, there were moments in it that I really loved, even moments that didn't necessarily... Uh, have a huge amount to do with the the plot or the narrative um when he meets the giants for example or like that's maybe my favorite scene in the film <laughs> or um um you know i don't say too much because i want you know people should experience it yes the yeah. same way i did but there's like really great little moments along the way and that's kind of why i'm 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 still letting it um you know i i, I it's almost the kind of thing that i want to sleep on and i know you ultimately don't really need to anyway be like i give this movie this number 
But, you know, I, I when we finished watching, I was like, you know, I, I understood the film. It wasn't a confusing film in, in the classic sense, but, like, did I really understand it? Like, what did these little diversions mean? What did they represent mm. in terms of film? Like, I know there's literally it's an adaptation of an old story and literally things are just taken from the story. But even the way the director um, makes those uh, scenes happen in a sense, like I, I don't want to give too much away, but like to say something that, w- that was used in the father was um, that to play on kind of the, the theme of dementia was that they would cast um, multiple actors as the same character Yes, yeah. Uh, to play on the, like, oh, I don't recognize this person. What's happening, you know? Um, the Green Knight plays a little bit on that. And, like, that's that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Like, what did the director mean by making that decision? What did the director mean by putting this scene here? Like, what what is the plot actually about? Is it is it just about um, a quest for, like, honor, which is what it puts forward? Or is there something deeper to it? Like, it's like some of the scenes hint to me at like an allegory for like uh, a repressed or like burgeoning sexuality Mm. or, you know, is it literally about growing up and and independence from uh, family or like, you know, as I was watching it, I was trying to really not think actively like, what is this film about? I just wanted to like, let it wash over me. And then since then I've been (laughs) really just thinking about it and pondering about it and trying to, put piece put the pieces together for like what does this film not necessarily what does it like objectively say but what does it say to me what's my takeaway from the film yeah i i think that's that's kind of what i liked about it it, it, yeah. it is kind of the 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 journey kind of makes this character but like i said not in the traditional and then he gets and he cuts off the dragon's head and what it makes him is the greatest knight who ever lived yeah that you would know, be the pixar version yeah which is fine but this is a little bit more kind of you know, who is this character? Each individual thing that happens means something. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's not a simple black or white. He's the, the, the hero knight or he's not, or he's a disappointment or he's a Macbeth figure. or He's not really any pigeonholed as any one of those. Mm. And I mean, on, on a surface level, as a, as you say, the hero's journey, I think it's really enjoyable. Um, and I think the fact that it has these potential deeper meanings only adds to its kind of mythical effect, you know, mm-hmm. or mythological effect. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I could easily give it 10, to be honest. Wow. But, I mean, yeah, it's the kind of film I'll watch again, not purely because I super enjoyed it, but I feel like I would get a bit more of an understanding of what it's trying to do were I to watch it again. But yeah, probably my favorite movie of the year, I would say, so far. Wow, okay. Um, I haven't seen that many, to be honest. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I just added a Green Knight to my letterboxed list, and I was looking, looking down. I've, I've, I don't usually do it, but I'm ranking like everything that came out this year that I saw. And yeah, I was looking, I was looking up and down. And I was like, ooh, baby, shitty year so far, if I may say so. Um, yeah, I have the father yeah. top of my list so far because it was released in Ireland in 2021. I count. I count the father. Yeah. Um, um, but what else do I have for this year? Just to put into. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't just count Irish. But what I do think is, I just. I just don't count um, festivals. So my 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 number one I have is Minari, and it's like that's technically a twenty twenty film. But okay, sorry, I wasn't in Cannes, so I didn't get to see it last yeah. year. 
Uh, so I'm <laughs> counting it as coming out this year because you know it was February when it hit the states. Yeah. Um, well, I have yeah, Jungle yeah. Cruise as my number two, so that gives you an idea of the kind oh, of. Oh wow, really? Yeah, and I like Jungle Cruise. Don't get me wrong, but, but wait, I think I may have mistyped my letter. I'm looking at my list here. I put. I, I don't think Malignant is the second best film I saw this year. I loved it, but I'm gonna. Ah, mm, did I like it more? Mm. No, I'm going to leave it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I have Malignant at, at five for this year. Okay. But, but potentially to move down to number six to accommodate the Green Knight. Joe, yeah. do you have any any more insight as the first of us who watched the Green Knight? You've you've let it kind of ruminate for a week now. Do you have any extra insight on it? I think I feel after a week of after having seen it. Funny, I actually spoke to someone on, on Saturday about it who was expecting it to be, I think they were expecting like Game of Thrones. And they thought it was just going to be, you know, fantasy hacking and whacking with swords and dragons and tits and all that kind of stuff. And were, were surprised by what they got. Um, and I think for me, it's still kind of, a, it was a pleasant surprise. Like I also thought it was going to be a little bit more like that. Not maybe not quite as, you know, full on sort of fantasy as Game of Thrones, but a bit more like that. And so I was very surprised by what I got quite a sort of, you know, haunting movie. So yeah, I still, still really, really, really like it. I think I'll, watch it again later in the year but i expect it to be very close to the top of my uh, 2021 list when, when we do that um partly because there's just nothing else <laughs> i've seen this year that i thought was particularly good um when i looked at my list but yeah still really really high on it yeah um i'm surprised because like fair enough people didn't uh maybe maybe saw the trailer maybe not even but like if you know anything about the director, which I know, I realize again, a lot of people maybe don't, mm. but like, this is the same guy who, in his in his previous best known film, had someone eat a pie for seven minutes. <laughs> um, you know, it's not a, it's not going to be a, a, a mainstream action hit. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of the weird thing about like A twenty four films as well, though, is that they're kind of just popular yeah. enough that they. Um, uh, that they get a little bit of buzz and the marketing behind them is okay. And so people think it's, Oh, it's, it's the new fantasy thing that's in the cinema. I'll go see it. Um, not realizing that it's about, it's about how does Dev Patel's character feel? Actually, it's not about killing the dragon. You know? um, um, yeah. But also, you know, still not, still not big enough studio to put him in a fucking cinema in Ireland, but you look, Oh, um, I did uh, point at the wonderful Baron and say the Baron. I I also pointed at it, and because uh, I, 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 like I think like Bruno was like a, a, a show behind. I was like, you're gonna hear when you catch up. That's Paul's been to that. Basically, was my point. <laughs> and a dog did a shit. And a dog did a shit. I didn't. I didn't tell her about the shit. She's hearing about the oh, shit now. So. No. Um, yeah, it was it was good to see the wonderful Baron. I was like, oh my god. I, I living in Leakslip, I never heard that there was ever any recording going on there or anything. It was yeah. very under the radar. That was that was not hot news over uh, in little old Leakslip. Um, but yeah, one of the uh, one of the better ones of the year. I'm still looking at my list here. God, I mean, look, I'm looking at the bottom of the list: Space Jam, Tom and Jerry, The Minimalist, Army of the Dead, Fear Street, Don't Breathe Two, Mortal Kombat, Black Widow, The Conjuring Three. That's all. That's the first like like ten films I have here. Oh my god! Bottom Dread. of the list: Free Guy. Oh, Free Guy, worse oh. than Army of the Dead. Wow. Wow. And then I get into like my top, like even my top ones, like when when Zack Snyder's Justice League is one of the best films I've seen of the year, 
you know, it's it's pretty uh, pretty slim pickings. Um, uh, but yeah, listen, we're actually I was about to say we'll we'll save that, but sure, we're com- we're coming up to year end now at this stage. Yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, so that was the green night. Um, uh, last night I was uh, home alone. Um, I played video games. Kevin. For- for most of the night, while well, no, no, that's that's two months away. We we, we don't we don't do that. Oh, yet. Um, yeah, Brona was out, and I had been sworn to uh, not watch any Halloween movies while she was out, and because I, I was like, oh, like because we were we watched one, two, and three together in previous years, and they just added like four and five, the real fucking dreck to Netflix, right. and I was like. Oh, you, it's like you mean the next one? She meant no, no scary movies at all. We have to watch them together. I was like, that's not fair at all. Like, what, like, what am I supposed to do? So I was playing my video games, and I, I finished. I'll talk about my my games later. And I was like, what can I watch? And I was browsing, and I was like, well, I guess after we talked about it, I'll I'll fucking rewatch Amazing Spider Man two, so I can say, look, I've rewatched all Yay! all the live action films in in the lead up to the uh, the big. Uh, the big multiverse fucking mashup mayhem. Um, and I booted it up on Netflix, just added Spider- Raimi, Spider-Man, both the Amazings. And I think they still have both the MCU films on there as well. Um, yeah. So I, so I stuck it up. I booted it up on Netflix. And I, got, I went, got my little Google TV remote and I clicked onto it. Two and a half hours I see next to the age rating. I'm like, oh. how is this like the, the length of almost the length of Endgame? How is this? Like, what? So I booted it up. And, like, to be honest, having just rewatched the first one recently, which I really didn't like at all, I think there's more individual elements of two that I actually like relative to one. I think the performances in general are better. I didn't really like Andrew Garfield as a, as a supposed high school student. I thought he looked ridiculous. I think he's much better mm. in this. I think he's actually really, really good in this movie. I think Emma Stone's good again. Jamie Foxx could, like, in the first act of the movie, he could even almost pass as a kind of Raimi-ish, cheesy, comic booky film character, you know. Uh, I was like, okay, there's some stuff here that's better than I remember. But that's literally only the first, like, half an hour. And then the fucking film just keeps going and going and going. And each individual element that they add to it gets worse and worse and worse. Um, they, they shoehorn in what feels like two films worth of Osborne um, family drama in there. Uh, the the oddest thing about both these films is that they have all the uh, Peter's mother and father stuff in there that, of course, now is never resolved because they're not making a third one. But it takes up so much fucking time of both these films because they were obviously building to something. Um, and in this film, it's just kind of like it's simultaneously just wetting your beak for, for more. But at the same time, it's about 40 minutes of film in total in the second one. It's just a complete mess. It's it's messier and more all over the place than than three than than Raimi's third film. It's so all over the place, um, uh, and just like the lizard in the first film, it's like I thought Jamie Foxx was amusing enough in the first act, and then once he turns into a villain, he's just I want to blow up New York because I just I just do, um, and I want to get Spider Man because I oh oh I want to get him. Same with 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 Harry Osborn's character. Um, just so like none of the kind of gradual building kind of. I wasn't a huge fan of Franco in those movies. I think I think Dan is probably better in these than than Franco is in the Raimi films. But the writing is not even. It is not even in the same galaxy. Um, so yeah, that was not only really um, uh, uh, not particularly enjoyable. It was also insanely long, insanely long 
for um, a film of this caliber. So yeah, that's that done and dusted. That's that franchise never being revisited. I look forward to, to catching up on that one then. Yeah, get, get stick the coffee on. Um, and like like I said, it, it's more frustrating than one because there. I do think there are bits of it, like there's the big climactic scene with with Gwen Stacy, which I think is good. Like you think, like Andrew Andrew Garfield wants these movies to be great, which is kind of sad looking back on because he's trying his fucking hardest, and it's just they're just not good at all. Uh, so I think there's uh, like the whole Green Goblin character looks ridiculous, so terrible. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's that. That's that franchise put to bed. And then back in, in spooky mode, we did, uh, I rewatched for the first time in quite a while, the original Saw film mm. from from the boy James Wan. Uh, I still like it. I like Saw 1 quite a lot. I think it's, of the ones I've seen, I've only seen like four in total. I think it's the one I like the best. Um, it's kind of got that right balance of the kind of weirdness, the, the jigsaw craziness, but also that kind of core crime mystery kind of vibe to it. Um, again, it's not quite Amazing Spider-Man 2 levels. A little bit kind of flabby in the middle. I thought I, I, re- I remembered it being the most reined in tight saw film. And then watching it back, I'm like, eh, you know, meanders here a little bit in the middle. Um, it's also really weird watching a film like this that has a great twist in it. Um, watching it back, and then I'm kind of like, is it just because I know, or is this scene where the orderly tends to the cancer patient who's um, obviously um, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, fucking blanking on the the, the um, actor's name. Tobin um, Bell. To- Tobin Bell. Yeah, how did I forget Tobin Bell? 24 legend Tobin Bell. Um, it's like, uh, like the, the protagonist is like, anyway, we have this fucking guy in this bed. His problem is, I don't know. And then the orderly says, he's, uh, his name is uh, blah, 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 blah. And he has uh, cancer. Um, and and the, the protagonist goes, yeah, our fucking weirdo orderlies get awful attached to these guys. Anyway, moving on. I'm like, <laughs> does that just jump out at me because I know what the twist is? Or was it always that ham fisted? It's kind of hard to, to, to tell. But uh, yeah, I still like it. I still think it's really good. I I, I can't say I'm going to work my way through the series, but uh, I also I, I like two. Um, I think more than I think two gets a lot is pretty maligned. It's got the lesser Wahlberg in it, which I think people don't like. Um, but yeah, saw one, still solid. Good way to kick off the the spooky season. Um, yeah, and that's the uh, that's the movies for the week. Uh, why don't we move on here to the games, Paul? What is the Halo update for the week? Well, finished uh, finished Reach, finally. Uh, It took me two weeks, which is far longer than any of the other ones took me to be. Um, And for the last Bungie game, you know, it's Mm. all right. Um, Introduces some new cool stuff. It has, like, uh, space dog fights, which are quite fun. Um... Overall, it was just kind of another Halo. I don't know that I I particularly loved it. It also introduced jetpacks in the campaign, which were quite fun to use as well. Um, but I think I'm at the point now where like, I liked Halo 2 so much. It just seems like every ha- further Halo I play is another Halo that's not as good as Halo 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, Reach was okay. I liked the, the group dynamic of it. I like not being uh, the, the, the master chief, the sole soldier. You're always part of a group. You could always kind of uh, duck and dive and shoot and not worry about 100 enemies coming solely out of you. You had other party members that could fight. That that made it a bit more um, different than the other hero games. But um, 
overall, I don't think it'll live long in the memory. It was it was just another Halo. Fair enough. Um, and Halo Four, I'm on now, which is the uh, the first uh, in the three four three industries run. And you know, I, I I've I know it got like really well reviewed. I think IGN gave it like a nine point eight, which is an obscenely high score. Um, but I'm you know I'm open to it being good. I'm not going to go in with a like oh it's not Bungie. Mm. Uh, but what I will say from my immediate like I'm only I'm only uh, on the fourth level, so I'm still I played it for like two hours. I'm not I'm not that far into it. Okay. What I will say from initial impressions is. It, it 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 definitely feels like someone not Bungie making a Halo game. Like for all intents and purposes, it's Halo, but the enemies don't look quite right. The guns aren't quite right. Which, to be fair, look maybe maybe after I play it, I'll be like, yeah, it's different for the better. But when you're so used, when you've literally played six Bungie Halo games in a row or five, excuse me. Uh, and suddenly you go immediately to the next one and it's made by someone else. It definitely feels like, hmm, these enemies look a little too shiny. They don't look quite right. Um, the levels feel a little bit more linear. The levels feel a little bit longer than usual. You know, it, it just feels a bit different. And maybe, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll get used to it. But, um, er, oh my God, excuse me. <laughs> Early on, a little hiccup there. Yeah, early on, um, early on, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It's I, I was so used to the old bungee feel, and now that it's not that anymore, for better or worse, um, well, I'm sure I get used to. It. I don't know. I don't know what well, it is. Well, if you it's, don't like it, you can start. You can become a Destiny guy. No, fuck it. I've never played Destiny. No interest in online games, baby. No, not for me. Um, no, you know, I, I like the Halo lore. I like the music of it. I do like the Master Chief character at, at its core. Um, one thing, though, that I never really... Whew, my God, I'm getting tired. One thing that I never pay too much attention to in Halo is the actual story. As, as you know, as fun as the lore is, I already had this with Halo 4, where uh, I was watching a cutscene with you know Master Chief and Cortana, and she's saying... Oh, this is a Promethean uh, structure. We have to, we have to get the get to the uh, the elevator and do this, and then get to the portal. I'm like, I have no idea what's happening in story. I don't know where we're coming from. I don't know where we're going. Just let me shoot aliens <laughs> and get a jetpack at some point. Um, and that's something that's happened to me throughout the series. Is like literally from level to level, from cutscene to cutscene. I don't understand what's happening or why why am I on this planet? Why are we running here? I just I watch the cutscenes, don't get me wrong, but I don't really understand what's happening <laughs> or anything. I don't really pay too much attention to it. But um yeah, Halo. I'm coming I've only got Halo four and five left. Then I'm finito until Infinite comes out. Unless you want to do the real time strategy games. No, no interest in those, baby. No, they might be alright, you know. Nah, no interest. Um <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did try a little bit of as well is the uh, remote play on the Xbox. I was playing on my iPad while I was watching Ooh, the football today. Oh, interesting. Wa- watching, by the way, a cracking game of football between Liverpool and Man City. My God. Two excellent teams battering each other. 
Uh, Man United and Everton, uh, two not so good teams. Uh, <laughs> teams pissing on each other. Yeah, for for the record, Ole out. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I've been Ole out since he fucking came in. Um, but I I <laughs> I, I uh, set up on this little iPad here. I set up the uh, the remote play with the Xbox. Paired my controller by Bluetooth to the iPad, and let me tell you, I was impressed by how well it worked. Okay. Um, is that the cloud I, gimmick? Is that what that is you're referring to? No, no, no. It's literally playing my Xbox over the Wi-Fi on my... Oh, over the... Tablet. Oh, okay. I've, yeah, I've never done that. Interesting. Yeah. No, it, it worked surprisingly well. Um, very little latency. Like, not okay. noticeable, really. Um, pretty good graphical fidelity. There was... Like, I played for an hour. There were maybe four or five moments where there was a little stutter. Okay. But otherwise... Really good. Um, I didn't play it for any further. Like after an hour, after I beat a mission, I stopped because when it comes to Halo, especially Halo Four, uh, sometimes the enemy on the screen are so small that it's just the iPad screen is too small to play it on. Right. So I was like, okay, I don't want to play any more Halo in this. I want to play Halo on the big screen so I can see what I'm doing. But no, I was I was really impressed with how that worked because I tried the remote play on the PlayStation I don't know a few years ago, and that really didn't work as well. There was pretty bad latency with that. But with the Xbox, for whatever reason, maybe just the advance of technology, uh, it did work really well. Uh, also started playing a new game, or not a new game, an old game. Uh, 2018's A Way Out, EA's co-op jailbreak uh, action-adventure game. Okay. So, so my friend across the road, Sean, got an Xbox as well. So he came over and we're doing split-screen co-op, the way multiplayer was... Intended. Intended, the way, absolutely. The way God intended it to be. Not None of this online shite. No, no, no. You sit arse cheek to arse cheek with your friend, each with a controller, split screen. That's how it's supposed to be. Uh, so we're about halfway through A Way Out. We've played it about three hours. Okay. It's quite fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a little simple, I would say. Uh, yes. And it's, it's very cutscene heavy. But, you know, the little co-op missions where one person, like, there's one early on where you're, like, in a bed and you're distracting the nurse while the other guy creeps around the, the office and steals the little thing. Or where you're you're literally breaking out of your cells. You're, you you move the toilet and you're unscrewing the thing. And the other person is keeping an eye out for the, the guards who patrol the, the area. Like, that stuff is really fun. Because really, it's literally um, maybe the closest thing that I've played to... Uh, there was a really fun game that was a bit like uh, Fall Guys. It was a bit like big for a moment. It was uh, what's this called? Oh my god! Nobody. What was the name of the fucking game? It's like a, the bomb diffuser sim. Talking. Uh, keep talking. Nobody. Keep talking. Nobody. Yeah. So I haven't played a game like that since, where you're literally shouting to the person next to you. Oh no no no! Stop doing your toilet thing. The guards coming. Right. Quick! Oh, I'll distract them. Don't worry. Press Y. Oh, blah, blah. Great fun. That's that's how multiplayer experience should be. So while the game is 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 quite simple graphically, it's not that good, especially for a 2018 game. Um, there are little moments. There's there's one where you're like paddling a, a rowing boat down a, a rapids, and we're shouting at each other, "No, steer right, steer left." It's like you and your uh, Corona Mountain Mario Sunshine boat. Ah, yes, yes, of course. But that's it was what they were it, going for. You know, you know, it, 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 it's definitely a fun game. I think. I wouldn't play it for any more than like an hour, hour and a half intervals. 
I think once you reach about an hour 20, we both look at each other and go, right, it's enough for today. <laughs> but it'll, you know, it'll take us like five sessions. We, we, we did, we've done two hour and a half sessions already. It's something fun to play before the football comes on or something. We come over an hour and a half early and we play way out. I think I think the the it's very much I I love that that studios thing is like the co op thing, yeah. um, and you know you have to play it co op. You cannot play with an AI. Uh, I like that because I think it's way out especially. It's the 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 whole is more than the sum of the parts. I don't think it looks especially great. Voice acting is okay. None of the individual mechanics are like amazing, but yeah. it's it's designed with that you are playing with your friend in mind exactly. Um, and I think it peaks really well. I, I look forward to hearing your talk, your thoughts on the ending. I think it's it's it does a good job. Um, yeah, I mean, if you played a one player, it would just be like a, a shoddy Uncharted. I think it'd be yeah. yeah, it would be pretty damn poor. I would actually think if they were to just <laughs> stick those mechanics in a single player game, because um, it's really it's really not much to uh, to speak of. But yeah, um, I look forward to hearing how that wraps up for you. That's what um, I played. I also want to get to I want to get to it takes two at some stage this year, which is also that same team. Their, uh, their their next thing. It's kind of a, a marriage themed adventure. Um, I Paul, I know you said you don't like your online faux Destiny games, but as a fellow Xbox haver, can I interest you at all in Marvel's Avengers, which uh, just came to the Xbox? Uh, no, sorry, it didn't just come to the Xbox. It came to Game Pass. Excuse me. Yeah. Um. So it's getting a little bit of a you know whenever these things come to Game Pass or PS Plus, it's always a little bit of a okay, give us another go. I was waiting for this thing to come down. I was like, I said the sweet spot would be based on the very mixed reviews I heard. I was like, if this thing is twenty quid on one of the storefronts, I will get it. I will give it a go. I heard the single player is good, despite all the grindiness in the multiplayer and all that other shit. I was like, I will play it for twenty quid. I'll get the PlayStation version because they're getting spider-man dlc and all that other stuff stuck it on game pass is like well that's even better and also they haven't talked about that spider-man dlc in like a year <laughs> so um i got it i started playing the single player campaign it's pretty fun early on you've got some solid voice acting it looks okay i know it, it doesn't look amazing it, the, the character models occupy that that um that weird space where they were really quite obviously under a directive to go in the ballpark of the films but you're not getting the likenesses it's not a film game but yeah. it's quite obvious that that's what they want to do. So the story's pretty interesting. There's like a, an Avengers-themed holiday created and like terrorists attack and blow up their hangar and it destroyed the bridge and kill Captain America. And then you flash forward five years in the future and it's kind of like almost kind of Civil War-y. It's like they've kind of legislated against heroes and stuff like that. And all the Avengers are in hiding and you play as uh, Kamala Khan, who is uh, Miss Marvel in the comics. And she's like an Avengers super fan, and so you're trying to, to get them back together. It's good. Solid writing. Uh, you know, uh, the, there's a little montage in the beginning where you play as each of the individual Avengers. And it was like, Iron Man kind of flies. And I was like, this plays like shit. I really don't <laughs> like this at all. But all the other ones were kind of all right. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of some variation of, you know, light attack, heavy attack, dodge, and some character. And every character has a ranged attack, but some are more ranged focused on those. Black Widow has her pistols and stuff like that little montage where you play as all of them and then the campaign uh is mostly Kamala Khan but you will then do a do a scene as Hulk or whatever and then where the live quote-unquote element comes into it is that you have an operations 
uh, uh, section in the menu where you go in and that's co-op up to four players. You can team up with randos, friends, or you can put bots on your team if you want to play on your own. And it's, you know, Destiny-style repeatable missions to go in and play through kind of the same areas multiple times. Like, there's a decent suite of missions. There's, like, four regions. Each region has multiple maps, and you can vary the difficulty within them. But the objectives are kind of just go here, fight the enemies, you know, free the hostages or whatever, which is clear the area of enemies anyway, and then press a button to free them, yeah. uh, that type of thing. And, you know, it was it was the kind of thing, I was having a lot of fun on the guided, focused story missions with the good cutscenes, a little bit of uncharted kind of uh, set pieces in there, your quick time events. It's not, it's not high art or anything, but it's solid. And then the, the, the multiplayer aspect, which, is, which should be the most interesting thing, because it's like I, I've I've gr- I've gravitated towards Black Widow. My friend, he he got it on Game Pass as well. We played Friday night together. He's all about you know Thor, and it's like okay, this should be great co-op Avengers game, whatever. And the combat feels mostly fine um, uh, for all the characters, but it's just kind of the meat of the game, which is the multiplayer, is literally just dropping you in a big arena, and it's just fight them. And the real hilarity comes when you pause the game. This game has fucking menus upon menus and currencies upon <laughs> currencies upon currencies. And it's not even all paid. That's not even the problem. That is kind of a problem. But the, the main problem is just kind of like every character has an outfit, which is, of course, your your variable. Uh, here's the movie outfit. Here's the comic outfit. Here's this event. Here's blah, 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 blah. Here's War Torn, whatever. Uh, the outfit is separate from the gear you equip. They have four gear slots that apply buffs and they are like boots gloves uh chest plate helmet but the gear doesn't reflect on what your character looks like it's just stat based you can then upgrade the gear with i don't even want to pretend i can remember what the currency is you can apply artifacts to the gear which are like modifiers there's a separate currency to then upgrade the artifacts separately there are daily and weekly challenges for each individual character that earn you there's a to- tokens or some other kind of currency that you can use to level up a battle pass which is again character specific each individual character has a level and then you as the overall player have a level as well and some of the up, uh, upgrades on their skill tree, each character has the craziest, biggest fucking skill tree you've ever seen in your life because they want you to play this game for 50 years. Uh, they all have like uh, uh, you know, a separate uh, uh, skill tree. And to buy something on the skill tree, you need to have a skill point, like a normal video game, you get a skill point. But you have to be a certain, your character has to be a certain level to get it. And you have to have it be on a separate hero level. It's the most fucking and it's like i've never played destiny or any of these games for this exact reason so if you're like me and you dip your toe in this genre you'll straight away you'll just feel vindicated and go oh i i don't want anything to do with this i don't yeah. want to play the same missions over and over and over again i've heard it described as a podcast game and that's kind of all i can imagine once i finish the story which is okay it's all i can ever imagine using it as like i'll stick a podcast on i'll go onto a map as as hulk and i'll just hammer x for 20 minutes get some xp up and all this other stuff um yeah so again as i feel like i say most weeks on this show it's classic quintessential i'm glad it's on game pass thing I might get some uh, enjoyment out of the main story, but I'll probably never finish it after that. Um, the big, the big, um, 
issue for me though is that like the one thing that is mostly real money based is the cosmetics for the characters and to me if i'm playing a comic book game i want it to be like the spider-man games where the, yeah. the outfits are the things you want to be able to get do you know what i mean you want to buy the fucking movie outfit and all this other stuff and just customize your character to look like so but it's like that's the one thing that they um you have to it's just called credits literally so it's just like just go and buy credits to then buy the outfit or you can like grind it out on their little battle pass thingy which again it's like every 10th rank on the battle pass is like 100 credits and it's like 1400 to buy one skin for one character um so it's the the most the most asterisk small print definition of what technically you could get them on your own if you just played this game instead of working a job um (laughs) uh, you know eight hours a day uh yeah so that's avengers um uh it's what it's kind of one of those annoying ones where i feel like i am going to keep going back to it because it'll kind of get its, its hooks into you in like a really shitty base level way um but yeah uh i did before watching spider-man last night i did finish death loop um which was quite good overall enjoyed it a lot good soundtrack looked good uh story fine enough to kind of get you through and uh, most of the things i said about it last week hold true um lots of stuff to do on that island again the hitman parallels are very real incredibly densely packed locations that are not only you can they are specifically designed for you to go through them multiple times different angles different entrances exits uh day night cycle all that other stuff uh one thing i really loved about it and a lot of games do this really poorly there'd be times where i would approach an objective one way and then you know the classic thing of you find oh here's an air vent i could have used to get that to get in an alternate way but in death loop it's not kind of oh the front door is locked you look six feet the other direction it's like oh here's there's the vent to crawl through if you want to do it that way it's like the, the level design is super intricate that it's like no the alternate route is also kind of difficult to get to but it's about which way do you want to to go to risk it and you can only find that by kind of jumping in uh, uh two feet into it um i thought it's a it's a teensy bit long um backtracking is baked into the game which is fine for the most part it's really interesting every time you go back and forth between a, a region it, they just kind of push their luck a little bit with it too much towards the end i was kind of ready for the story to end and there was a lot of oh no the, the piece you need for this puzzle that's back in uh, it's back in this other district and it's back in the morning time. So you have to finish this day and go back a little bit too much of that towards the end. That's I, that's the bread and butter of the game. But I think they they uh, uh, they milked it a little bit too much towards the end. But still really good. One of my favorite games of the year so far. Um, kind of like movies. Not the greatest year for games so far. I haven't found um, uh, nothing, nothing wowing me um, so far. But yeah, Deathloop, very good. Uh, look forward to that next year, Paul. Uh, will, you could weigh in on that. Yep. And yeah, that was my uh, that was my game go for the week. What about uh, you? Got anything, Joe? Uh, still playing Doom. Um, only, I'm only about halfway through because I'm not playing it kind of full. I'm just doing bits and pieces. I have mm. noticed though. I think I finally um, got on the hang of actually play, <laughs> playing a first person shooter because I can actually shoot stuff now rather than just holding down like the the Z trigger and uh, hoping that I hit something. Uh, I'm actually shooting demons and killing them. So, yeah, very, very good. Um, so enjoying that. Yeah, I've gotten, gotten used to the, the wall climbing as well. It's a bit annoying, but it's, you know, it's an okay part of the game. So, yeah, Doom Doom is good. 
Yeah, I've never, I've still never played those Doom games. I will have to get into them at some stage, especially since they're on Game Pass. I really have no excuse. Yeah, at the very, at the very least, that first one. Um, yeah, that first one that is really good. That's 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 probably an old, you're you're probably talking in the conversation for game of the generation. I would have to say Ooh. it's it's when I when I when you look back on those last uh, those last uh, consoles, that's that has to be up there. I would say, Mamma um, Mia. Mia, indeed. Um, we will jump over here to our emails before we get into the wrestling. Uh, I got an email from Scott. Uh, he says, Finn Balor has the demon, Mick Foley has Dude Love and Cactus Jack, Bray Wyatt has The Fiend. How many other wrestlers have had success both as their normal wrestler uh, persona and an alter ego? That's an interesting one. Um, the one that came to mind for me was KG Muto. You know, he oh, had yeah. a he had right he now. had a pretty great Muta run. You know, uh, that's probably the one. Um, I think I'm trying to think of any others. Um, hmm. I don't know. I can't think of any. Um, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, like, you know, Kota Ibushi wore that ti- that anime tiger mask mask it's, for like six months. It's, of course, uh, uh, Chris Jericho as the pain maker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He- you can tell he wants it to be the demon, really good. Like that that whole AEW thing where they were really trying to make it out like he was going in his uh his bag of tricks for uh the pain maker. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um You got yeah, Ricky and think... Prince Puma. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wouldn't it be so funny if one week on like a main event he's like, I have to bring out Prince Puma to beat uh, <laughs> you know, fear, you know, um uh, on, on main event. Um I would, I would have to say uh, Foley is is probably the one. I mean that yeah. just just on the the Rumble 2000 angle with Cactus Jack. I mean that has to be that gets him the the win. Um, Absolutely, uh, surely in in that stake. Uh, Scott also gives me a pick one here. Interesting uh, list: uh, John Travolta, Michael B. Jordan, and Jeff Daniels, which is a pretty interesting uh, trio That's of names. I'm thinking, what's oh, what's nice. the connective tissue there? Uh, I don't know. I guess, but I suppose maybe that's maybe he's got trying to give us a more. Uh, we're not going for a theme. Just give us three actors. Oh. It's, it's it's perhaps harder because you're pulling from three completely different pools there. Um, my instinct for the reasons to go John Travolta. I think so. Based on rule like Jeff Daniels, Fiction, Cold Fiction in Greece. Well, like because <laughs> I think you, I think you, you've got like cl- you've got classics and schlock with him. Mm. Uh, and stuff like Face Off that straddles the line. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, you can get Grease and Gotti for the price of one. Mm. See, Daniels to me is is dumb and dumber. Mm. And then the only thing, other thing I think I saw him in really was like he was in that HBO drama, The Newsroom. Yeah, uh, which I which I thought was pretty poor. Yeah. Not that he was bad in it, but I just didn't get on with it. Um, Apparently he was in Speed as well. I don't remember that. Was he? Yeah, huh. he's a police officer. Anyway, yeah, but he's, he's been in nothing I would enjoy. So I rolled out. Daniels is out. Sorry, Daniels, you're gone. Yeah, out of here. Um, George, Michael B. Jordan is got Black Panther. You got uh, Creed. Creed. Creed, which mm. I do really like. Um, what else is he in? He hasn't got a huge body of work, and I think that it's. I mean, the last 10 years, really. 
Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Travolta. I know most of his work has been utter shite, but <laughs> there's probably at least four or five really quality films in there. Um, Just imagine, imagine a rainy day in. You've got a, you've got the stack of DVDs next to you. It's Saturday. You can't go anywhere to do anything. You're going to get some mad shit working through the Travolta backlog. You know, you're going to go. It's going to all over the spectrum, up and down the the letterboxed ratings. All kinds of genre shit, just absolutely, you know, he's yeah, kind of the face off, face arrow. off, you know, um, he's kind of like, he's kind of like, in some ways, he's even cooler than Nick Cage because, like, Nick Cage has now gotten like the kind of fucking, he's kind of got kind of niche irony kind of love. Well, not even irony. I mean, he is really good, but like, you know, he's been in some absolute shit. But it's kind of been embraced as hipstery now. Whereas John Travolta, John Travolta's out there. He's just doing it. He's doing it like for the money, really, and nothing else. And you kind of have to respect that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I'll go Travolta as well. Okay. Travolta. Travolta it is. And uh, that is my my one mail from Scott. Thank you, Scott, as always. Yeah, I also have an email from Scott. He says, <clears throat> "Good evening, Joe. What is the next movie?" You feel you need to see in the theater venom no time to die halloween kills dune personally i'll probably see halloween halloween kills in the theater because mm. i really enjoyed the last one and while i know this is the middle chapter of the trilogy seeing it in the theater i think this is my next adventure out of the house um my next one will definitely be no time to die so i think we're going to see that next week um i i was never a big james bond fan i've probably talked about this before i'd only really seen one James Bond film before Daniel Craig. Um, but Skyfall was just so good um, that it, it made me kind of a fan of his James Bond, at least. And then I thought Spectre was good. wasn't as good, but I, I liked it. Quantum of Solace was shit. I only got through the first 15 minutes and had to switch it off. <laughs> it's a terrible uh, movie. Casino Royale as well was, was very good. So, yeah, I'm very very much looking forward to, see, to seeing that. Uh, and then after that will be The Matrix and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, the two big big things i'm looking forward to uh those other ones i'm not sure if i'll see dune from mm, too excited about that halloween kills definitely not venom absolutely not i will watch it on streaming oh no come on now <laughs> you want to see that I, that's, my answer was well it's probably halloween kills i'm with scott i think that's uh, i want to see that uh, in the theater oh, i gotta see the old venom come on now. uh yeah on support streaming. support real cinema you know our oh, 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 house cinema. Um, I, I, I supported also, it, in fact, by uh, by by uh, by watching it. Sorry, Guanjo. So I was gonna, Scott gives us a pick one as well. What, what were you gonna say? You, you watched it? Oh no, I was just gonna say I I uh, supported uh, Venom by already watching the post credit scene with a horrible shaky cam Russian dub that leaked out hey. like last week. So um, yeah, yeah. so there you go. Um. Yeah, Scott gives us a pick one movie uh, year edition. Um, so we've got 1991, 1997, and 2008. Um, so I'm, I'm Googling just, these now as we speak. I'm just looking through my While ratings. you Google those, I'm just going to say that I... Oh my God, I'm kicking my bin. I too will see uh, No Time to Die. I think we're going to see it on the 16th. And I, I'll check out Dune at some stage because you know we love a bit of we love a bit of Villeneuve on here, mm. um, and I, you know, it wouldn't be uh, 
normal of me to turn down watching the, the latest Denis Villeneuve. So. Could have refused, really. Um, I can't refuse a bit of Denis because I'm. Um, I'm seeing Terminator 2 Judgment Day I'm mm. seeing Adam's Family I'm seeing Robin Hood Prince of Thieves Silence of the Lambs Thelma and Louise Hook Beauty and the Beast It's uh, 91 is looking very good uh, what have we got? Yeah, 97 you... Goodwill Hunting Jackie Brown Gattaca Donnie Brasco Uh, 2008, not looking great. Quantum of Solace, as we just said, Jumper. Oh, gosh. Uh, Cloverfield, Boy in the Striped Pajamas, The Happening, uh, Untraceable, Wanted, Bronson, 21. Uh, God, yeah, this is not looking great. The Dark Knight, obviously, which is which is good. Uh, the Strangers, which is okay. Uh, Iron Man, In Bruges. Okay, those are Gran Torino, not bad. Yeah, you know. Get Smart, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um... Yeah, I'm not thinking it's 2008 anyway. Um, I'm thinking it might be 1991 for me. Mm, it's a close one because 97 has got some very good films, but I think I'm. I'm gonna go 91. I'm gonna go 91. It's uh, just yeah. 91. 91 is Cape Fear, Silence of the Lambs, Barton Fink as well. Yeah, 97 does have Spice World, so. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and flubber oh flubber oh god and then what was the other one 2008 2008 is yeah pretty got the dark knight but that's wally the wrestler as well mm-hmm. ghost town with ricky gervais <laughs> <laughs> uh brothers bloom which is very good that's a uh Ryan Johnson. Oh, the Hulk movie with Ed Norton. That was my email from Scott. Thanks for that one, Scott. All right, so I have an email as well. Uh, Good afternoon. Listening to the review of a film that George Clooney directed, and I started to wonder how many A-list actors actually are good directors. Most of the films Clooney has done, Clint Eastwood is the one that comes to mind who actually pulled it off. Ron Howard was a TV star who became a good director. Ron Howard is also a bad director most of the time. Uh, as did Penny Marshall, but movie actors don't seem to make that transition as well. Can you think of any? You seem to have done one good movie. Success. Um, I mean, Sofia Coppola was a very bad actor who became a very good director. Um... Uh, anyone else? I haven't hmm. seen any of his um, films, or I actually don't even know if he has any films. I enjoy uh, like Brian Cranston's episodes of like Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle, mm-hmm. um, which he did some of those. He did more of those. He did quite a few Malcolm in the Middles towards the end. Um, which uh, I, I did. I don't think I talked about. The, I think I forgot to mention TV. I finished my my rewatch of that, and among other things, it remained quite visually interesting, and and you know. Um, things like that, but yeah, I think that's that's the name that jumps out at me. Yeah, I guess. Are, do we count or or don't count in this? Like people who are actors who like direct their own films. Sometimes I guess we are because Clint were counting. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you guess count Clint. You count like a Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, uh, probably a good one. Uh, Mel Gibson as well. Gibbo. Um, Gibbo. 
<laughs> Great minds. Or- Orson Welles. Yeah. Woody Allen. There's quite a few. There's quite a few. But then they nearly, like Orson Welles especially, he's not like an actor who then turned to a director. He like, you know, Citizen Kane. He was like straight away. Yeah. Straight away onto that. Um, We have a pick one here as well. Kevin Costner, Will Smith, Michael J. Fox. Hmm. That's a tough Ah. one. Because... Foxy is, of course, in Back to the Future, but not much else worth watching. But not much else, yeah. You get spin, you get a Spin City box set when you pick Foxy. Mm. Um, I don't really like a lot of Will Smith's films. To be, I like Aladdin. I like Aladdin quite a lot. I like that first Men in Black. First Independence Day, I have a soft spot for. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the Fresh Prince. <laughs> yeah, again, we're adding a little box set to our our picks here. <laughs> I think that would pretty much be it, eh? Like Kevin Costner, I've not seen much of, to be fair. And Foxy is only done, as we said, back to the, well, he's done more than to be fair, Back to the Future, but. That's his big one, though, yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go Fox just for Back to the Future, because there's not... Smith has got Independence Day, Men in Black. That's about it, really. Go Foxy. Go fo- Foxy. Go Foxy, so. Foxy it is. Yeah, okay. That's okay. my email. Thank you. Uh, Before we do the wrestling, can we talk a little bit about the, the, the biggest wrestling news story of the week? Which is? Will Washington leaving RBR. Oh, I thought you were going to say Aaron Anderson getting his Glock out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, I did a show with Will uh, last weekend, in fact, yeah. which is one of his I final saw, ones. I, I saw it when it was Aaron. Um, yeah, the landscape of wrestling podcasting changes again. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was about to say I have a Fightful subscription so I can listen to it, but it's, it's free. It is, it's on their public feeds. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a lot of the podcasts I listen to have had massive departures lately, and I'm not a fan of it, I have to say. Mm. I hate having to readjust my, my podcast habits. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely I've, uh, I've downloaded the most his, his new show. Um, but yeah, huge influence on, on, on ourselves and me, me specifically. Um, yeah. Uh, as well, so that was a, a huge change. Um, hell of a run, sixteen years, fucking hell. Is. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I've memories of I think more so than me yourself and Joe doing the late night live RBR. Yes, in in the chat, as they say. Yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, because it's funny to think back on like staying up for wrestling, but then also staying up for fucking listening to our wrestling podcast. Um, but again, it, it, kind of in a testament to it was, it was fucking great, and it was it was an absolute must. You know, in the same way, I've kind of okay. somehow against all odds managed to stay up late for Rampage and stuff lately. Uh, I suppose it's like when it's entertaining enough, uh, you make the effort. But yeah. Uh, fair play to him making the jump. That's that has to be a fairly because uh, we actually didn't even really talk about this on the show because you know we just talked about wrestling. It's like fairly um, 
intimidating decision. When one of us gets the call, would you like to? I mean, I'd, be, I'd drop you guys like a bad habit. Don't get me wrong. Oh, if there's yeah. money on the table, yeah. Um, but <laughs> very, I, very, very unlikely. Uh, and I would expect you to do the same. Uh, if someone said, "Paul, listen, come here. We want you over at the Wrestling Observer. The actual, not just your Twitter. We want you on the actual Wrestling Observer, and we're going to pay you a princely thirty euros a month." <laughs> I'd be like, "Wow, that's a thirty euro raise." Uh, yeah, and I was like, and they're like, "Don't you?" He the Barry will not press the buttons. He will not learn how to press the buttons without you. He, he yeah. him and Joe will drown. Um, uh, you you take it. Um, but yeah, no uh, end of an era for sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just all change. all change. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I haven't. I I've I've been a long lapsed listener. I haven't listened. Mm. are maybe. I I I'd be afraid to say how long it was. Like I definitely when I was listening, it was it was Will, Paul, Matt, and Felipe. However long ago mm. that was, quite a while, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I'd like dip my toe in here and there since then, but it was like it wasn't the same. Yeah, like to me that was the the peak years of it. And I like I listened every week for a good however long they were doing it three years before I fell off. But as you say, I think a big influence on. Certainly, at the time, us starting up our little little podcast. Yes, I think we were kind of part influenced by by the Ricky Gervais XFM shows and part influenced by RBR. I'd say they were probably the two biggest influences mm-hmm. on on our starting. Um, and so yeah, it's just big news. Big news. See him like to me, people come, people go. But like he was really the voice of that show, and to yeah. an extent, the identity of that show. So. You know, while I'm sure its fan base will stick around and it will continue, it's like it's not really RPR anymore. No, you know, yeah, in a it's, sense, it's, you know, it's it's a whole new it's a whole new area. It is it is like if what if what if Dave Meltzer went to the torch and Brian Alvarez said, okay, well, I'm just I'm, it's the, I'm still going to use the name, you know, it's like <laughs> it's still it's still the Observer. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, good best of luck to to him and and uh, the crew, the the crew staying at RBR and the the new crew on the on, on the Grap City podcast on Point yeah Food. absolutely lots of love to them. Um, back on the in the ring on our televisions, uh, we had uh, another great week of Dynamite and Rampage. Oh baby, was I glad Rampage is back to one hour this week? Let me tell you, yeah. that was the yeah. it wasn't even it wasn't the best episode of TV I've ever seen all time all my life. But I I, I was so happy that it was back in the format we know and love. Yeah, forty two minutes of wrestling on a Saturday morning. Baby. That's what you want. That's what you want. That's right. Uh, we had uh, Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson, which was tremendous. Um, uh, Good enough women's three way. I thought it kind of ended kind of abruptly. It was kind of weird to do the finish with just the uh, Jade wearing out um, uh, Thunder Rosa with the chair. But um, but yeah, uh, and then we had the hair versus hair match, which of course they did. They did exactly what you're supposed to do in those matches, which is they gave him the 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 uh, forced mullet. Where they yeah. gave shaved Jack Evans right down the middle, which is that you have to do that in pro wrestling when you have a hair match. Yeah, the hawk from the Legion of Doom. <laughs> Inverse Mohawk. Um, any any other tidbits from AEW? Either either show that you wanted to make mention of? Um, hmm. Is there? Let me think. As to 
refresh my memory of what actually happened on Dynamite and Rampage this week. Uh, well, so yeah, Aaron Anderson uh, said he blows people away uh, for looking oh, at him sideways. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> which was just so good. He's like, what I liked about it, right? Well, uh, the gun line was funny, obviously. But I just like, it was such an elaborate old man way of saying, you are a little bitch, Cody. You're a little a little coward boy who'd say, oh, yes, sir, take my car. Here's the keys. I've washed it for you. Um, I thought that's, I, I, I'm enjoying that story they're telling with, with, with that, uh, that crew. And Aaron was like, all right, Lee, you come with me because you seem to know how to take instruction, which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, Cody's not, had a huge amount to do recently. He's obviously had the matches with Malachi, but like storyline wise, he's not had a lot of promo time. Interesting to see where this uh, story goes. So I, I'm on board with. It. I, I like that they're kind of leaning into the crowd reactions to him as well. They're not, they're not John mm. Cenaing it and saying, "Well, these these people, whatever they do, they make a noise for Cody." Um, Adam Cole Jungle Boy match is very good as well. I thought. Yes, yeah, I'm really, enjoy- really enjoying yeah. Adam, uh, Adam Cole's TV matches since he's back. Uh, Jungle Boy continues to just be real. I, I feel like I don't get excited for Jungle Boy matches, but he always delivers, especially in the singles ones. Um, he's really good. Uh, thumbs up there. Cole won, which I think was the, I think was the right decision. Um, uh, what else did we have? I was this really caught me off guard. I don't know if this was reported on that it was being in the works or whatever. They just had like a Leo Rush video package, and oh, he's yeah. like, "I'm back." And I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." Um, and he's kind of uh, doing a weird kind of like uh, I suppose it's it's kind of a hustle mindset, you know, rise and grind influencer style. Like, you take your, <laughs> I'll take a loan and I'll turn it into blah 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 blah. I invested here and I'm a big money player type thing, uh, which has to involve. He has to talk. He has to say he has a crypto portfolio at some stage. I mean, he has to do that. He's not he doing that. I don't coin. know what Tony Khan's doing. <laughs> but uh, that aside, I, I was really I was really glad to see him back because he's great. And, you know, he's been kind of in and out of wrestling a lot lately, which is always kind of frustrating because um, it's obviously a shitty, frustrating business. But I'm glad he is back, and I'm glad he landed here specifically because um, I think there's a lot of interesting matches for him in AEW. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's... He kind of comes and goes, though, doesn't he? He's like had many more retirements than Terry Funk. This lad. Yeah, I mean he has, but also it's kind of like you know, uh, you need you, you know you need people. What are you going to do? Good. Yeah, I mean it's it's my kind of well, I I people kind of have a lot of skepticism around like Kylie Ray as well, but I'm just kind of like well, if I'm if I'm in the current wrestling landscape and it's it's vicious out there trying to fucking tie people down, do you know what I mean? Everyone needs to strengthen. Uh, uh, their ranks and I'm kind of like if I was Tony Khan and there wasn't whatever the situation was there she became available I'd be like yeah well you know she seems to be in and out of wrestling enough, but she's good and Leo Rush is good so um, uh, it was such a weird thing because he like he like because he was the he was the Joker but I'm the Joker baby in that uh, um, what was it the, it was the last casino yeah. It was Royal, yeah and he came in and it was kind of he did some really awkward spots, and then he was out in like two minutes. And I, like, I, I don't know, but that kind of felt like it was almost the. It, it seemed like it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. He came in and just it was really flat and disappointing. And then he literally didn't come back. That was his next retirement, I think it was. 
Um, but listen, if he's if he's back in, I I I, I look forward to it because he is super talented. Yeah. I don't know that they need more people though. I think there's a well, yeah, there's a breaking point where they need to start letting some of the old the old lads go, like. Especially, especially with Bray on the horizon, do you know what I mean? Just a few more weeks to go. <laughs> the, entire, the entire world is like watching with like bated breath to see if he's going to show up in Impact for one reason or another. If he's going to show up in AEW, I mean, yeah, I'd love if he came in as the Joker, meaning <laughs> that was his wrestling name. <laughs> I know, yeah, just like, like, he's like, just literally the Joker, ditch the demon aspect, and oh, I'm just a, I'm a crazy clown, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, that was kind of the the other thing from Rampage and Dynamite was the they, they're kind of they're building up next week's anniversary uh, Dynamite, which will have a casino ladder match. I wish they would just put them all in the ladder match and not do the fucking entrances, but it's like um, uh, Moxley Archer. I can't, I don't have the list in front of me, but it's Moxley good Archer, Pac, Andrade, Orange Cassidy, and for some reason. Old man Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> why also, like, why did they reveal the cool ones first? Moxley, Archer, Pac, Andrade, and then they said two more to be revealed, and then the Joker, and then after the Orange Cassidy match on Rampage, like, okay, it's Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy. I'm like, would that? Surely you should have said they were in it first and then done all the class ones being revealed after. Well, they, they wanted to get all the cool ones out before people stopped watching. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, so they'll be in it, and there will be another Joker, <laughs> which is quickly their kind of uh, their vernacular for a surprise guy. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Buddy Matthews, former Buddy Murphy, said he tweeted a Joker emoji earlier today. Kind of makes me think, well, it's not going to be you if you're doing that. You fucking. <laughs> and he's so lame. He is so lame. <laughs> But like he's at the end of the day, he's perfect to come in and be like a mid guy in this company and just lose to to other more interesting people. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think who else it could even be. Um, I don't know who else is like like that's actually interesting to me. Obviously, it could be an indie guy. You know, um, yeah, uh, they could really shot. It could be a New Japan guy, um, Davy Davy Richards. <sighs> Don't, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me with a good time. Or William William Washington. He, he's a wrestler. <laughs> I mean, he's tall. You know, he's tall. Yeah, the, the, uh, fight, the fight will get is just a smoke screen. They, uh, they, they do need more tall folks, you know, all, all petite wrestling and all that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I am... Um, I don't think I don't think there's too much else. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm still on the the anniversary show. They're doing uh, an an elite versus Brian Danielson, Christian, and Jurassic Express tag, which would be tremendous. I can't wait for that. You know, I'm I'm all in on the big multi mans. AEW needs to double down on that. They had a 16 man tag uh, on this show, which didn't quite hit the levels I was hoping, but it was a nice little. Uh, it was a kind of a Brody tribute match because they were in Rochester, which was lovely. Um, so they're doing the eight man next week, or the, or, or ten man, or whatever it is. Uh, Sheeta going for her fiftieth win against the returning Serena D, which I think is super yeah. cool. Um, kind of feel like Serena should probably win that one because she's the more interesting. Uh, uh, I hate I hate to stop Sheeta dead in her tracks as like the most tenured mainstay of the women's division, but I kind of feel like Serena is the more 
the more interesting one to win there. And I feel like there was another match, but I can't really remember. Yeah, Miro lost the title. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. And that was a really good match. That was a really good match. It was. Uh, but... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Miro losing the title. I don't know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have done it. Um, I absolutely wouldn't either. And, and when when he when he lost it, I was kind of like, okay, well, when you look at this story, it's like for Sammy to be someone that they obviously like and they've liked since literally day one, you couldn't really have him lose this feud after everything that happened after getting demolished on the stage and promising Fuego he'd get get him back for him. I was okay, that makes sense. But it just didn't. It just it just didn't feel like Miro's time. I don't. I don't think yeah. uh, he didn't do anything with the car. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't Street Fighter two the car. Why bother? Uh, why bother saying anything about it? Um, yeah. So uh, one one thing that I think will will work in Sammy's favor because he is a great wrestler. Is he? So he's facing Bobby Fish next week. So kind of seems like he's going to go back to the Cody thing of I'll face everyone and just just going to have bangers on TV with signed guys and unsigned guys and get people through the forbidden door or whatever else you want to say. Um, so that that'll be fun. You know, that'll be a fun aspect of the show. Yeah. Alan Angels also doesn't wear his mask anymore for some reason. It came off in a dark match, not a dark match, but a YouTube dark match. Um, okay, they've 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 relegated that whole dark order thing mostly to the YouTube shows, and I haven't found it especially interesting. The crowds haven't found it especially interesting. It, uh, it's just there's a lot of infighting and like it they've came, kind of retconned it already as of the yeah. Way. They kind of uh, my feeling after watching this week's show was they did it deliberately so that they could have like the Hubers like unify them in Rochester. Yeah. Um, but he's still I, I, not wearing the mask as of Rampage. He's still not wearing it. Well, it, well I suppose it, it came off, so he's doing the thing of well, it's off. So I, I, you know, I'm trying to remember because I actually did watch the match. I think like Uno took it off or it came off. I, I just wasn't interested. I was just like, they, because they were doing this whole kind of un partners who aren't on the same page and we also don't really want to fight each other, but we are fighting each other. I was just like, ah, I don't care. It came off. I think he defiantly ripped it off and threw it at Uno at some stage. Yeah. Kind of, I'm, I'm fed up with your shit. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's all that. So, yeah, fairly, fairly busy week they have next week uh, with the anniversary show. Um, I think that's going to wrap up our AEW chat. I haven't seen Dark Side of the Ring yet. No, I, I only caught up on the Canyon one. Okay, yeah, which is which is a good one. Uh, yeah, Jim sad. Mitchell. Jim Mitchell's a hell of a storyteller. Yes, yeah, I really felt for him. I really felt mm. for him. Um, He's choking me with his thumbs. Yeah, I had no idea they were so close as well. I, I was pretty no. ignorant to a lot of the Canyon stuff outside of the big obvious you know events that we all saw. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think I might check out that FMW one before bedtime tonight, I think, uh, after this show. So, um, yeah, that'll. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, I'm away next week, so it may be a, a, a Townie and the Griff uh, spectacular. Oh my God. Uh, Is that a pseudonym for you're moving to... A fightful? <laughs> Euro, Euro fightful or something. No, no, the check hasn't cleared yet. So as far as no. uh, as far as anyone's concerned, I'm just uh, busy with social life. You know, that, but, you know we'll see. Um, yeah, so so the lads the lads may soldier on without me next week. But uh, yeah, uh, next week there will of course be. Uh, I'm confident there will be more movies and life and music and games and telly and various spooky uh, uh, occurrences. Um, and all that. Uh, so do tune in chairshoppodcast.com if you want to pop us an email like Scott did this week. If you have any horror recommendations or questions or anything at all, do pop us a mail uh, to let us know what you think of the show. Uh, so yeah, we're going to wrap it up here. 
and say goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. <laughs> and goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. <laughs>